0: No the right no, house I did it again We want to
1: talk, and talk to
0: Marilyn Hack I'm from Canada water I'm gonna trust you i need to know your name it's hook the name's james hook the little one he wears the pan the pan is our tribe's bravest warrior
2: well well well
0: the princess
2: i presume oh well i'm actually just a minor but i appreciate the compliment Hello and welcome to the This Had Oscar Buzz podcast, the only podcast that celebrates Paris Fashion Week with the one true fashion icon, Linda Hunt. Every week on This Had Oscar Buzz, we'll be talking about a different movie that once upon a time had lofty Academy Award aspirations, but for some reason or another, it all went wrong. The Oscar hopes died, and we are here to perform the autopsy. I am your host, Joe Reed. I'm here as always with my co-host, Chris File. Hello, Chris. Hello,
1: Joe, and happy Thanksgiving, everyone.
2: Oh, this is our Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, this drops the week of Thanksgiving. Chris is always more on the ball about when you will be listening to these things. I just sort of plow forward uh, all willy-nilly, like, yes, enjoy us as you relax and have some extra pie and avoid your families and perhaps watch the Bills beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Let's maybe hope that that's happening or happened, perhaps.
1: I have no idea what that is or any of the sports ball things that will be happening. <laughs> You
2: knew it was sports, so so you knew that to say that you didn't know what was going on. So you knew that much. So that's, there we go.
1: That's probably fair. However, we should <laughs> take a moment to say thank you to our listeners and say that we have some exciting things coming for you, including drumroll please, another mailbag episode. We're going to be Indeed. dropping out the week of Christmas. So once again, we will be taking all of your questions on our Twitter account, had underscore Oscar underscore buzz. You can also reach out to us at had at at gmail.com. So please send us your questions. We are going to do another mailbag for you in about a month.
2: If, last, if the last mailbag was any indication, you guys really were... Uh... Overflowing with questions, so we expect to see a whole lot of a whole lot of them from you. We're very yeah, and You
1: guys are great, so we always appreciate it, and we love you, and we're excited to see what questions you have for us this time.
2: Speaking of things that are great and that we appreciate and that we love, Pan. No, I'm kidding. Um, we have a guest. <laughs> sorry to this Pan. <laughs> sorry. To, sorry to this Pan.
1: <laughs> Ooh, y'all are really testing me on some stuff that I, I hate to say it. I hope I don't sound ridiculous. I don't know who this man is. I mean he could be walking down the street, I wouldn't I wouldn't know a thing. Sorry to this man.
2: Boy, <laughs> if we had like special subtitles for episodes, that would be perfect. That would sorry be sorry to this man. Oh my god. No, but we have no, a guest. we
1: have something much better than Pan.
2: <laughs> Our first ever uh, second time guest to the podcast. We are very, very excited to welcome into the Two Timers Club, deputy editor at Vanityfair.com, Katie Rich. Welcome, Katie.
3: As I said before we started, if it had been anyone else as a second time guest, I would have been offended because you know who submitted a question to that mailbag you did last time? I did.
2: That's I can't that's stay right. Away. Ah, we love your territorialism. We deeply appreciate <laughs> it. As somebody who gets very territorial about the things in my life, I get it. I appreciate it. Yes. <laughs>
3: I need more podcasts. Obviously.
2: I know. This is fantastic to have you here. Normally, with our first time guests, we tend to want to ask you guys about what. Uh, got you started down the Oscar path, but we've already asked you that. So, uh, back instead, in our episode for the Tourist. That's right. We talked about the tourists, we talked about the Johnny Depp, Angelina Jolie, Golden Globe purchase that was oh in fact interestingly enough how it all comes back around again who's going to be hosting the damn golden globes again but the oh, same Jesus guy Christ. who made such a big honking deal about the tourist back in the day oh, Ricky Gervais Oh I feel Gervais. like I've
3: aged 100 years since the tourist and I cannot believe Ricky <laughs> Gervais is still hosting the golden globes
2: I thought you were going to say I thought I feel like I've aged 100 years since we've announced that Ricky Gervais is coming back to host the golden globes and that was like <laughs> 2 days ago it
3: really feels
2: like in fairness, Joe I was that's so fine. angry about
3: it I texted you I'm so mad <laughs> (laughs) you, like, literally,
2: I've been, my sleep schedule now that I'm a freelancer has, like, fully gone into, like, Gen X slacker territory where it's just, like, out of bed at 10. And, like, I rolled out of bed and I checked my phone. is the first thing I ever do. And there's a text from Katie that just goes, ugh, the globes. And I'm like, oh, no. What happened? (laughs) What could possibly be this news? I'm like, did they cancel them? Like, what happened? Was there a scandal? And so I immediately, like, hopped onto Twitter and I saw that it was Ricky Gervais. But I was just like, okay. It's bad. That's bad. But like on the grand <laughs> scale of things, I was like, did That's the Hollywood true. Foreign Press all die in an accident? Like, what happened?
3: <laughs> so, yeah, because I feel like we are we are all in agreement that the Golden Globes, when they are terrible, they are still great. We love them for their insanity. So the only exactly. thing about the Golden Globes that could truly disappoint me is something like that. Like, go nominate all the tourists you want. You be you, Golden Globes, but mm-hmm. leave it, get your face out of it. I
2: forget what it was that I was looking up, but I happened upon the IMDb page for Mulholland Drive, and I clicked on the awards tab as I often do. And at the very top, what does it say? It says Academy Awards, one nomination, best director, David Lynch. Golden Globes, four nominations, best motion picture, best director, best screenplay, best score. And I very nearly just like screen grabbed it and tweeted it and was just almost wanted to just be like, what if the Golden Globes were good? Because like sometimes (laughs) they are. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the Golden Globes are better and we all need to accept that. And I want Ricky Gervais to not make me. Have to like grimace and squirm through, not squirm because he's being so edgy and like. I mean, it's going to be
1: wonderful jokes from 2007 that are incredibly yeah. 2007 provocative.
2: Oh <laughs> boy, God! And he's going to be—he's going to like make topical jokes, probably trying to. He's like,
3: going to make Trump <sighs> jokes, like he hasn't. Oh, this with the Trump I just... administration. Gross. I mean,
1: I, I know exactly what a Ricky Gervais Trump joke is going to be, but like, we live in a world where I want to hear what literally every human being has to say about cats. I want to hear everybody's cats jokes. <laughs> I don't want to hear Ricky Gervais's cats jokes. I
2: don't. Oh, I really don't. Oh, and cats, hopefully, God willing, will be nominated. Did you wait? Wait. We are now living in a post. Um, whatever it's called, City of Ghosts. Beautiful what is ghosts. it called? Oh, Beautiful, Beautiful Ghosts. ghosts. Yeah, Be- Beautiful Ghosts dropped yesterday. What do we think about Taylor Swift's Beautiful Ghosts? Beyond the fact that Taylor Swift and I think Andrew Lloyd Webber's Beautiful Ghosts. I think she's trying to sing British. Am I wrong? <laughs>
3: London boy. Like, that's kind of, like, part of her aesthetic, right? <laughs> a little bit.
2: I think she's doing a little Madonna, like, turning British in front of her eyes, hey,
3: right? Hey, uh, Madonna got an Oscar in that period, so... Yeah. That's
2: true. Well, Still for an Andrew Lloyd Webber song, actually. Madonna didn't get the yeah, Oscar. She wasn't she a just, songwriter
1: for it, but... she was,
3: observed. she was. Nope. No, you're right, she wasn't.
2: But she was there. She was there for it. She sang it that night. Yeah. She People
1: was... thought they were probably voting for her, I'm sure.
3: I mean, if this thing gets an Oscar, Taylor will be the songwriter winner, so... How it's much a do you want pretty lackluster
2: song, though, and it also well, this sounds is the like problem
3: with all the added songs and musicals, right? And they're never. None good. of them
2: sound like they fit within the musical that they're being written for, right? The, the Chicago one didn't. The Les Mis one didn't. Les Mis one was woof. Speaking, I of mean, in
1: fairness, way. not all of the like original songs for pre-existing musicals. Do get nominated, so maybe she will not get nominated. She is one thousand percent getting nominated and possibly winning a globe for that song. Yeah, she's absolutely yes. getting nominated for a globe. That is absolutely going to happen for sure. She and so. Beyonce
3: both. It's going to be a time. And yeah. Toast
1: is already a song nominee, right? What was the one? What was she? What song did she write that was nominated Oscars? for a globe? Oh, and globe. everybody thought she was going to win the globe. Was it that the Hunger Games oh. or whatever? It is?
2: Didn't she
3: have a Hunger Games song? Uh,
1: looking it up, she, right, she did, but, you, but I don't think that you're was right, it. Right, it
3: was something else. Hold I'm looking it ahead. up. This was, I think, this was might have been the 2015, the year that everything went terrible in the song category.
2: Yeah, she had a few. Where I remember, she's been like a quote unquote lock for a while. She's had two Golden Globe nominations, one for Safe and Sound from The Hunger Games in 2012. And one from oh my god, one chance, one chance. Talk about a movie—the movie we only know of because it was a Golden Globe nominee for best song for Taylor Swift.
3: (laughs) 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 Oh, and starring James Corden as Paul Potts. Oh, that's
2: what it was. It was the Paul Paul Potts movie. movie.
1: Okay, where uh, Weinstein Co. Didn't they try to put it in like it was either they tried to put it in two different seasons or it was dated in one season? I think you're right. Pushed it a whole year, and that's when she was nominated. I think you're right.
3: That is wow. why people pull shit like that is because you get a Golden Globe nomination for your trouble.
2: Absolutely, that is true. They, boy, in this entire span, we've gone from singing the Globes' praises for loving Mulholland Drive <laughs> to like shaming them for being easily bought for one chance. The Paul Potts movie. Okay,
1: but we're talking about the category that is truly the most easily bought at the Globes. Everything else, like, I, I will give it to you on that category that that is, like, the starfuckery category.
3: And it's also the one that was literally bought at the Oscars with Alone Yet Not Alone, and they had to rescind it. <laughs>
0: That's true.
2: <laughs> I will say, you know what could have bought a Golden Globe nomination for Best Song but wasn't able to? I believe Pan would have been able to... Wasn't there... Isn't that Lily Allen song a non-original or, or, uh, to that movie? Or am I mistaken?
3: Oh, I mean... It seems like why put a Lily Allen song in there if you're not trying to get a song nomination?
2: Right? She's got two songs listed on the soundtrack for Pan. Everything else on the soundtrack is like Smells Like Teen Spirit as performed by Hugh Jackman and cast. And the Lily Bob. Bop. Yeah. It's it's horrific. Okay, the other thing we're really going to delve into Pan in a second, but like I just need to mention doing a anachronistic steampunky Smells Like Teen Spirit, after Moulin Rouge has done the exact same Mm -hmm. thing, is fucking insane. And I want to know, like, I genuinely think the world of Joe Wright. But if I ever got a chance to talk to him, it would be within the first four questions I asked him. It's just like, what? (laughs) Why
1: did you do this? Why? Okay, first of all, my one rebuttal to is Lily Allen's song is called Something's Not Right, and I can only imagine that in Cole Escola (laughs) voice.
2: Um, (laughs) Something's not quite right. Something was just not quite right.
1: That's Joel. That's that's Cole Escola on the set of Pan trying to figure out what's happening. Something's (laughs) not quite right. Something's Um, not quite right. And I asked him, I said, did you kill your sister? And he said, yes. And
0: something about that didn't sit right with me.
1: Um, The thing about the Smells Like Teen Spirit thing, and I'm sure we are going to get into it. Like, I came to this movie as a Joe Wright apologist and fan being like, you know what? I'm going to try really hard to like mm-hmm. Pan. I'm going to mm-hmm. give this movie the benefit of the doubt, this highly maligned movie and try to get into it. And like the beginning of it, I was kind of like, oh, this is basically the darkest hour with orphans. Right. And the <laughs> There
2: was second, a little bit of
3: darkest hour in that. Very yeah. darkest hour.
1: Truly like a very similar aesthetic. Or it's like if he did Oliver Twist in the same way that he did, did Uh Darkest Hour, and the second that you go to Neverland and Smells Like Teen Spirit comes in doing what it was, and I was first not sure what they were singing, (laughs) but it lost me so entirely in that moment. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's it's tough. Alright, before we go too far down this road, Katie, we wanted to ask you, as our guest, and when we asked you if you wanted to do a second one, a second episode, what you wanted to talk about, and you came back very confidently with Pan and it's because partially I believe <laughs> you and I have talked about Pan a lot but I want to know why why you chose but like neither of us had seen it right you hadn't seen it before no I had seen it oh you had yeah okay no, I, had. I saw it, for it
3: I, I did junket interviews with Joe oh, Wright for oh you did Pan. oh God. Yeah, I, I...
2: That's My great. thing had always been that I loved Joe Wright enough to never have seen The Soloist or Pan. But, Katie, you wanted to talk about Pan. What, what? What's your reasoning?
3: I mean, part of it, yes, yeah, because I saw it when it came out. Um, and I was a little bit more of an apologist. I don't think I would ever try to argue that Pan is good. But I didn't think it deserved the, like, thrashing that it got at the time. It felt to it me It really was like,
2: thrashed. Mm-hmm. I mean,
3: like, I get it like it's not a successful (laughs) movie but like it's trying to do stuff and I think that there are a few moments that really work in this and I would rather something like try something and fail than just like be a completely bloated imagination free CGI adventure which like this Mm -hmm. is at times but at times it's other things it definitely Um,
2: tries for a lot
3: yeah, I mean, and you guys have talked about Joe Wright enough on the show, and talked about how you hadn't seen Pan. That I was like, okay, fine, this is the chance because I, w- I want to talk about Joe Wright. I always want to talk about Joe Wright, and yeah. it does seem worth grappling with this as the work of a extremely talented filmmaker who has made wonderful things, and you know, maybe how he went so wrong in this case.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it starts with from the writer of Ice Age Continental Drift, like. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe... I don't know, like...
3: No? <laughs> it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't build promise for you?
2: Like, Jason Fuchs, who, like, I don't... I don't know him. I know he's younger than me, which how dare he. <sighs> um, but he's he has more acting credits on his IMDb than he has writing credits by, like, a factor of three. And right now his upcoming credit is um the Doug Lyman Tom Cruise, Luna Park movie, which... As far as I know, is not the Luna Park that um, what's is his name? Coney Island. No, but also who the guy, the um, American Psycho guy, who everybody hates, including me. Brett Easton has a novel called Luna Park that is like very self-referential, and is not that. This is a Simon Kinberg, Doug Lyman, Tom Cruise sort of oh, like S- thing. Simon
3: Kinberg, another guy who's a, uh, a common denominator in things that go terribly wrong. Yeah. Yes.
2: So that's really the only other thing on his. IMDb going into the future, but, like, I don't... It puzzles me that Joe Wright saw this screenplay... And I was like, yes, that.
3: I mean, my theory, uh, in, like, knowing a little bit about Joe Wright's biography, which we can get into a little bit, like, he's, like, comes from this theater background. I think his, like, parents are theater people. He's, like, been around it forever. And this movie is just, like, nothing but world building over and over again. And he's like, yeah. this time I'm going to make it woodworking flashback, and this time it's going to be puppets, <laughs> and this time it's going to be stars that take the shape of people. Yeah. And you can see him, like, you know, after he does Anna Karenina and takes this, like, all these huge gambles, he's like, okay, I'm going to go even more. I'm going to use the power of CGI. It's like, sort of the same impulse that Ang Lee has done, where it's like trying to harness mm-hmm. his technology for storytelling. And he's like, oh yeah, it's a lot of story, but I'll just like make it beautiful. And didn't, I mean, there's parts of it are beautiful, but it, I, I feel like there was something in the like, endless storybook quality of it. He's like, yes, I'll tap into my inner child and everyone will be on board.
2: But I think part of the problem for me is, I mean, there's several. One of them is, I think the Peter character is the least interesting character in the film for good or bad. Like there mm-hmm. are more there are more interesting characters that I want to see less, like Hugh Jackman's Blackbeard. Um but I think ultimately there's all this color, literal and figurative, around Peter, and Peter sort of comes from drab London and doesn't ever attain any of that brightness that any yeah. of the other characters have. And like part of me feels like The Peter Pan story is such an an oft used one and such a um, one that everybody knows that I think sometimes people think like, oh, I can just sort of hang my visual visual story on top of that. And because it's Peter Pan, everybody will know it, so I don't really need to do much with the story. Yeah. And this one even like tries to like fuck with the story a little bit, but in ways that like I don't quite understand. Like I don't It makes know it more why.
1: confusing, if anything, the things yeah. that change. Like, like and clearly know... they were going for like a franchise because Hook never becomes Captain Hook in this. Doesn't
2: right. even lose
3: they... his damn hand.
2: Nope, absolutely not. And I don't I still don't understand the point of Removing Captain Hook as the villain and making him one of the good guys, and then replacing him with another pirate who behaves exactly like Captain Hook has behaved in all these other stories. Right? Mm-hmm. He's like he's evil. He's paranoid. He's got all of this sort of like band of ruffians around him. He's a little bit like silly, and like even and he even sort of like has a lot of like the same visual like ticks as him. Still is like paranoid that some something's. Coming to kill him at all times, like it's. I don't quite get the point of that. Just yeah. like replacing Captain Hook with another Captain Hook.
3: Yeah. Are I you going to deprive me of the opportunity to do a sixty-second plot? Description? No, no. We're not getting prepared for into it in so any way.
2: We've been um, getting more and more onto the danger zone of like talking too much about the movie before the sixty-second plot description. But no, you. Thank you for reminding us again. Your dedication. We are very to us. excitable gays. <laughs> Flatters us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I'm going to pull out my phone. And my little timer. Uh, one minute on the clock. Katie Rich. There's a lot of plot. There's a lot going on here. In this plot. I know.
3: I know. I believe not, in you, though. I'm not saying that I'm going to be especially successful. I'll be just being, All right. I'm nervous. I want it out of the way.
2: All right. 60 seconds on pan starting now.
3: Okay, Peter is a boy in an orphanage during the Blitz-era London, uh, run by a bunch of mean nuns who apparently set the whole thing up so that pirates can come swoop down and steal the children, take them away on a flying pirate ship that goes to Neverland, where the boys are sent to work in a mine to mine for pixum, which is fairy dust, but also rocks for some reason. Uh, Blackbeard runs the whole thing from his flying pirate ship. Peter meets James Hook, who is a fellow miner who is not a child. Don't know why. Uh, They manage to escape. Uh, They find out over the course of their escape or somewhat before that Peter can fly, but he only did it by accident. He doesn't really know he can. Uh, they crash land. They wind up running into the natives there, including Tiger Lily, who's played by Rooney Mara. Uh, they take a look at Peter, and they des- decide that he's their pan, their chosen warrior, and eventually put together that his mother, who abandoned him, was a fairy, and she was from Neverland, uh, but she is gone, which is sad. Killed by Blackbeard. He shows up. They run away. Ten they eventually seconds. wind up in the fairy kingdom, where Peter unlocks the gates. They find all the picks, and Blackbeard finds them. He crashes his ship, uh, and then they all live happily ever after and uh, go off on adventures, and Peter and Hook are going to be friends forever, probably. Fine. Very
1: good. Yes. That is Peter the best 60 second plot description you I really think we did. have ever had.
3: I listen to yeah. your show. Every week. <laughs> you listen to me same week after <laughs> week. Right
1: you listen to me fall down a rabbit hole of something that doesn't matter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I every, and every single week I'm like should I write it out ahead of time and I'm like no. The fun of it for me is like that like running without a net like can I make it? And oh yeah, I, um, yeah.
3: yeah. I often and don't. I uh, I failed to mention Tinkerbell, but also the movie kind of fails. The movie kind of does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially because it's like, like, do you think about how Tinkerbell in the play is like played by a flashlight? And you're like, okay, yeah, that's not a real character. <laughs> <Yeah. good> <laughs>
2: um, I want to get into our experience with all with our different versions of Peter Pan. But first, I should say the movie is called Pan. It's directed by Joe Wright, written by Jason Fuchs, based on the original work by J.M. Barry, starring Hugh Jackman, Garrett Hedlund, Rooney Mara, Levi Miller as Peter, Cara Delevingne as mermaids, just all Plural. mermaids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Quite literally go-
1: billed as plural mermaids. Uh,
2: and a ghostly Amanda Seyfried. Um, release, premiered on October 9th, 2015 to, as we mentioned, a cavalcade of boos and hisses, mostly from people who saw it at critic screenings. Um, Katie, you handled the 60-second plot beautifully. No, I wanted to talk about, because like, Peter Pan obviously is like a story that we're all very familiar with. But like, what were your first... Experiences with Peter? Was it the Disney film? Was it something else? Like, how sort of well versed were you in? This lore. Katie, we can start with you.
3: The Disney film was probably the first version that I saw. It wasn't like in our big like top five Disney movies. I don't think we owned it, but you'd see it at other people's house. But I think I am of the problematic generation where Hook is really where so much of it comes from. Like, and I know that when I saw Hook, that I got that it was riffing on Peter Pan. But like that is kind of my mental language. Like the nursery is the nursery in Hook. Like the Lost Boys are the Lost Boys in Hook. Um, Dustin Hoffman is Captain Hook for better or for worse. Like I haven't (laughs) I haven't watched took really as an adult at all so i'm like to me it's like oh the movie's fine i'm sure if i watched it again it would really glare at me but um yeah that's most of it i definitely saw the what 2004 version that they did that was like very like sweet and sentimental and authentic Um, the pj hogan one yeah um which i remember being perfectly nice um i keep having to
2: not say pj o'rourke whenever i say
3: (laughs) (laughs) i've also maybe importantly just for the show i've never seen finding neverland and i I don't don't oh you're fine
2: Yeah, yeah i think
3: i think i can handle that one by myself
2: yeah
1: um yeah what about you chris where were you? i mean quite literally the same experience as katie like down yeah. to the thing of i haven't seen hook as an adult so my memory is that the movie is perfectly fine but like yeah. i had a hook board game i had Ooh. a Hook video
2: game it,
1: it wow was hook what
2: did the me. video yeah. game have you do what was the task
1: i mean it was one of those super nintendo games where they're all basically the same yeah um but I don't really remember. Maybe we just like rented the video game, but I know that I played it on Super Nintendo. Yeah. Um, but the Disney Peter Pan, I probably had more experience through like babysitters with the Mary Martin Peter
2: Pan. Oh yeah, I was going to say, I was Harry going to mention that.
1: Yeah. it as a kid, like oh, that's Peter interesting. Pan is a terrible musical. Um, but yeah, there
2: are elements in the Mary Martin one though that don't really apply to like. I'm with you guys. And like, Hook was. I think if if Hook wasn't my entry into Peter Pan, it was at least the one that I watched the most. Like, I watched definitely watched the Disney version. We also had like a weird like children's hardcover sort of like book of the Disney version where it was like mm-hmm. pictures of the Disney version and then it also like told the story. So I remember reading that a lot. But like, I the was Mary also Martin... a
1: kid who had like. Do you guys remember the sing along tapes?
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where totally. it was
1: just the songs and it would have the lyrics on there for kids to, like, literally sit in the living room and sing to it. Yeah. yeah. It mean, had like,
3: all the Disney songs.
1: Exactly. So watching the Disney one now is so confusing to me because I only remember You Can Fly and everything yeah. else is,
2: like, kind of boring after that. There's a yeah. lot of about, um, Peter's shadow in the Mary Martin version that I felt Mm -hmm. like I just remember that a lot. Like, trying to, like, sew his shadow back on. Yeah. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: there's a lot, like you said, Tinkerbell with the flashlight. The whole, like, clap to keep Tinkerbell alive, which like, it wouldn't make sense for that to be in any movie. So, like, that's the only really, um, like, touchstone I have for that element of the story. And it's... It's interesting in that I think that from a very early age, I think I realized that, like, oh, you can do lots of different ways to tell the same story, which is, like, an interesting lesson to learn at, like, 12. Yeah, Um, I mean,
3: Hook really did a lot, maybe for our brains, is, like, wanting adaptations to be more daring. Maybe that's something we can say in his favor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh,
2: absolutely. I also feel like Dustin Hoffman is a genuinely fantastic Captain Hook. And, like, really, really interesting things that he does. He's, you know funny but also like just like very very scary especially for like a little kid and i i actually had so i actually did go back and i rewatched hook for an article that i wrote at decider a couple years ago and i think it was one of those things where it was just like i still had that residual love for it i could easily like pick apart the flaws i think most of the flaws happen because it's this like all star cast of like Robin Williams, Julia Roberts, and I don't think isn't it also like three hours long or something crazy? It's two hours and twenty minutes, and it really you really feel it. Too. Say this
3: in say this in Pan's favor. It's about hundred minutes long. Yep. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's true. It really you you are kind of like in and out with that. Um, I think the one thing that Hook doesn't have and this really, really, I think, helps it, is Hook is the one that realized that you can do the Peter Pan story without Tiger Lily, and you're fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You don't have to... Like, I think this movie, I think Pan, does the Tiger Lily story in a way that they realize that they can't just do Tiger Lily, that they have to make sure that it is so incredibly sort of, like, from scratch fanciful, that it doesn't really have any kind of ties to... Native peoples who exist. Do you know
3: what it's, I mean? And it, it's a mishmash of a bunch of them. I she actually, like
2: looks like she's made of play doh. Yeah, and but it's, it's, it's like, like
3: it's actually a lot of like real like like Japanese and <clears throat> Cambodian and Vietnamese like native culture, but they're mm-hmm. all kind of mashed up in this way that I think they use to try to avoid the cultural appropriation thing um, unsuccessfully.
2: I was gonna say you could just do it with a whole new different character, and she doesn't have to be Tiger Lily at all. I promise you, we will all be fine. She also doesn't have to. Have have the weird, like, Elizabeth Falarski headdress? Like, do you, I don't know if you... Well, you mentioned that you... she
1: looks like she's made of Play-Doh. It's truly the, like, did you ever have the Play-Doh barbershop where you push the Play-Doh out of their yeah. head and it becomes air? That's what Rooney yeah. Mara looks like with that headdress.
2: She reminded me of the second season of Survivor. The, uh, Elizabeth Hasselbeck was Elizabeth Falarski then, because that was her na- uh, maiden name. And she was sort of like America's sweetheart in that whole, that's the whole, like, tragedy of Elizabeth Hasselbeck, right? Is that, like, we all started out loving her because 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 she was, like, plucky, sort of, like, young girl from Massachusetts who we all, like, were rooting for. And she had this thing where every time her tribe went to tribal council, she put on this, like, little, like, like, headband that, like, she adorned with all these different, like, scarves or whatever, and it kept, like, building and building every tribal council, and it just became this, like, headdress of fabric or whatever. And I remember at the time, the show was so new and so successful at the time that, like, every week... um every, like, Thursday morning, or whatever, Friday what Friday morning, whatever the morning after it actually aired, CBS's morning show would, like, have to talk about it for a while and then interview the people <laughs> who were eliminated, and Bryant Gumble like, famously was, like, both really into it and was, like, not shy of talking about who he didn't like on the show, and he, every week, would bitch about Elizabeth's headdress, and he was just like, it's so stupid, I don't know why she does it, it's insane, and, like, even when she got eliminated, he's like, what is the deal with the headdress? It's so dumb. <laughs> and it was, like, one of the, like, he sort of like a very prickly character and doesn't seem like he would be super fun to work with but it also is very fun to watch him just be annoyed by things (laughs) and so that's what tiger rudy mara's tiger Lily reminded me of is like elizabeth falarski's headdress in survivor australia i don't know if anybody else listeners if you if you feel me on that comment i don't know um (laughs) i liked rudy mara in this i thought she was a she was like of captivating, you know, character. I just wish she didn't have to have all of that baggage on top of her.
3: I thought I liked her fine. I thought that like, they have this thing where they're trying to build this chemistry between her and Garrett Hedlund, which I Mm -hmm. I don't think should be hard. We can probably talk about him more later. I really like what he's putting down in this movie. It's a lot, but I like it. It is a Uh, lot. And she's supposed to be like mean to him, but then she like smiles after they interact with each other. And it's like, there's no real like authentic thing there. The thing that I couldn't stop thinking about is like, if, with all of this like cultural like stuff that it's taking in there in the state of tribe, if they had cast any person of color in a real yeah, role, like exactly. I think if Tiger Lily had been played by like Tessa Thompson or like yeah. she's on the mind with like Watchmen, Hong Chow or like any sure. like or you know like imagine like someone else's Captain Hook, like anyone. Yeah. That it's not just white people dressing up. And that that was kind of where I was like, maybe Rooney Mara is the person we can lose from this cast. Uh, I like her. I love that you get to the end of the movie and it's her sword fighting with Hugh Jackman and she yep. removes his wig. Like, love if that. You, like, if you see that and you think <laughs> Pan is not worth anything, I don't know what to tell you. It was good. Uh, <laughs> but... I also
2: like any story that ends with two sort of, like, older teens or younger 20-somethings essentially adopting a like kid that they yeah. like <laughs> it's very like um Tony and Bridget in an American tale sort of like putting Five under their wing kind of a thing and it's just oh my like God. that is a family dynamic I really really like relate to and I very much enjoy so
3: Because you were raised by teenagers?
2: Because I was raised by teenagers I guess relate to is the wrong word, cotton to like I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to that Yeah, yeah, um, I know what you mean. God, what if I was raised by teenagers? That'd be amazing <laughs> Um, uh, no, no I wanted to, uh, I wanted as a teenager to raise a child. No, that's not true either. um <laughs> I, there's so much of Pan that I feel like I could have had more fun with if I wasn't so busy cringing at the really bad stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I think Jackman's really bad. I get what you're saying about, like, Garrett Hedlund's going for stuff. And I find him generally a charming screen presence. And I almost, I find Garrett Hedlund, the actor, going for all of this stuff as he's making a movie, charming. I don't find the character of James Hook in the way that he's portraying him charming i get that it's this like i'm going to try to be harrison ford on uppers kind of a thing and like <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> he's clark gable is the one that i landed on oh the hat like gives me very
2: indiana jones <laughs> no the hat so, like, it, it's definitely very indiana
3: jones but like something about the, the it, it reminded me of it happened one night where he's like annoyed with the woman who's in his company he
2: also sounds and, like, yeah, like he also sounds like a Brit who's trying to put on an American accent when he's American, right? He's like, <laughs> he definitely does. It's that's
1: very, probably very exactly strange. the take that he was going for. In that I way, will it's say, perfectly brilliant.
2: I was so captivated by Garrett Hedlund that I actually watched Tron Legacy last night because it's on Disney Plus, and I just got Disney Plus, and I've been like, "It's a good movie." Everything. I really oh. like Tron Legacy. Whoa, I've never God. seen it before.
3: I can't. Wow, I can I cannot handle this Tron Legacy original. Also, you <laughs> and Jensen were both just watching Tron Legacy for fun.
2: I know it's that's what because I tweeted at him. I'm just like I'm doing the same thing, and because <laughs> um, Tron was a movie, the original Tron. Was one of those movies that, like, on a Saturday afternoon, my dad would be flipping through the channels and Tron would be on, and he'd be like, Watch this movie, it's really good. He really liked Tron. He also liked, um, um, what was the uh, Harry Hamlin Greek, um, Uh, Clash of the Titans, Jason the Argonauts, Clash Clash of the Titans, Titans. Clash of the Titans. Um, it was one of those movies where it was just be like, My dad was just like, Let's watch this movie. And so, I remember (laughs) being like, Oh, the colors in Tron were like very interesting, but I had no idea about like the mythology of it. And then Tron Legacy, Tron Legacy the mythology of it is very, like, kind of confusing and there's all this stuff of Jeff Bridges... In, like, Young Face, like CGI Young Face, that is <laughs> utterly repulsive. It's and bad. yet, there's a whole sequence that happens in, like, a futuristic nightclub with an androgynous Michael Sheen as, like, mistress of oh, ceremonies.
0: Yeah. The with Daft, Daft Punk, Punk score
2: rolls. The Daft and then Daft, Daft so Punk good. shows up as the DJs in the club and he's like, yeah. play something else, play something that everybody wants to dance to. And they, like, nod and, like, play the next Daft Punk song. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's so <laughs> fucking awesome. Is and there I'm just like,
3: tr- is there a trilogy of Michael Sheen as like weird robot futuristic people like this and um, uh, not Passengers? So be, that movie? passengers uh, is There's there a gotta be. One? I will Hold never
1: up. see Passengers. No, I
3: never will either. Chris, but I've seen the right. clips of him as the robot bartender.
2: You two talk while I look up Michael Sheen performances because there's gotta be. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Tron Legacy, this is a real tangent, but like Tron Legacy uh, was like at my first Comic Con. Like that was like the big story and there was like oh, a big arcade. Oh, the trailer thing, though, that came Tron. out of nowhere? Yeah. I was at the. So the next Comic Con was one I was at. Like, the so trailer had come out of nowhere. And then the next year, they were like, there's a secret arcade you have to get to. You have to do a treasure hunt. And I, it was me and Devendra Hardawar uh, running around San Diego doing a treasure hunt. To get, and i never seen <laughs> Tron. I didn't know a fucking thing about Tron. Like, I didn't know the movie existed. And all of a sudden, I was thrown into the middle of this. Uh, so I have fond memories of Tron as being like the first geek culture thing and many of many that I was like, hang on, what is this thing that you all know about somehow? Um, Except and, nobody and, liked like,
2: Tron. It, that was the
3: so weird Tron thing. Tron
1: Legacy is the the most comic-con movie it ever is. it
3: was like invented for and by comic-con and then I mean, I guess it made some money right I um, I mean not enough for a sequel but like, it like I don't think it was like a complete failure.
2: I don't think it was like a huge crater or anything like that I mean I guess the closest you get with Michael Sheen and his career is like the underworld movies but he's Twilight not really movies. he's not like crazy in that actually he's like one of the more like chill people it's like is the it, twilight movies it is, yeah, sort is of like, like a british
3: twilight punk like unhinging his jaw and screaming yeah twilight he's
2: very <laughs> over the top that's definitely for sure i saw um, all the
3: twilights except the last one i don't know what happened i just like <laughs> never
2: completed it the last one's the craziest the last I one know, actually one i've liked. only ever seen the very end i think there's like huge chunks of that movie they didn't see because i've only ever watched all of them on cable i don't think i've seen any of them in a theater you're fine. Um, taylor but the, the last one the ends baby. Yeah, is that right? Do I know the that la right? yeah, yes. There's a whole lot of stuff about like CGI, like like babies crawling out, like bursting out of wombs and whatnot. Um, oh God! But like the end is the greatest end credits I've ever seen because it's literally like 20 minutes and it's everybody who's ever been in a Twilight movie gets like a full <laughs> name and like face and like they're like in a little like old scene to themselves Anna Kendrick and, like, used to be in these it's both um, the old the, the, the Bryce Dallas Howard character and the woman she replaced as that character <laughs> like everybody gets <laughs> it's just it's and it's and it's the, that um, Christina Perry and um, who was the guy from once on Broadway Steve Kazee oh, oh. Yeah, Steve Kazee have that like that like soft sort of like sad duet throughout the whole thing, and it's absolutely amazing. That's all I will say. Is now that we've like fully gone like three hop, skip, and a jump movies away from that, um, we will now back up to Garrett Hedlund. Oh, so now that we're talking about Garrett Hedlund, I do have. Well, let's talk about it. like let's get all our Garrett Hedlund stuff out, and then I have a game. Is there anything else we want to say about? I don't know. I feel like he got kind of got like knocked around for this movie.
3: Well, he got so he got knocked around for so many things. Like I was looking at his IMDb, trying to be like, Garrett Headland, like he's so underrated. That I'm like, how many good movies has he been in? Well, let's not go
2: be. down this rabbit okay. hole too much because that's okay. Be the game. I, anyway,
3: like, <laughs> I I I think he is very handsome. I think he is especially handsome in this movie. Um, yes. and I think that might be me giving him a lot more leeway than he deserves. But I have found him appealing. He and Charlie Hunnam, I think they exist in the same bracket for a lot of people. Um, where like it's kind of hard to tell which one is which. And Ryan Gosling like exists to e- eclipse both of them. Um, All right, but like. It's not... To- it- what? It's time. It's time to do the game. Now, okay. now we keep walking up to the <laughs> The game that yeah, I have yeah. devised. Game
1: apparently that to talk about Garrett Headland in context at all.
3: To talk about the existence ruined. of Ryan Gosling ruined yes. the whole thing. Yeah, well, then we'll, <laughs> we'll
2: finish him up after because the game I have devised. You, you've hit upon the great truth about Garrett Headland, which is that he exists in a continuum with Charlie Hunnam, and <laughs> while both of them live, neither one shall rest or whatever. It's just sort of, it's it's the truth of the matter. Is that like they both have sort of like somewhat similar names, they have these similar functions, and I think they get dumped on in similar ways by a lot of people who, in my opinion, maybe don't appreciate the finer points of them. Maybe straight
3: dudes, maybe.
2: Maybe, maybe, maybe. Mm. Who, are, who are the people I'm always subtweeting on this podcast? Maybe straight dudes, yeah. <laughs> um, so the game I have devised for Katie and Chris, both of you, to play is called Headland or Hunnam. And it's very simple. As I will throw out a movie title, I will, you will take turns, and I will give you a movie title, and you will tell me whether it stars Garrett Headland or Charlie Hunnam. And we'll see as if it's easy or hard. Chris? As someone who has formally bombed
1: an IMDb <laughs> game of Garrett Headland, I feel <laughs> like I might have
2: a leg up on this. All right, okay, Katie, as our guest, would you like to start, or would you like to give it to Chris?
3: Uh, I can start.
2: Okay, Pacific Rim.
3: Oh shit, Hunnam.
2: (laughs) That is Hunnam. Chris, Country Strong. Headland. Headland. Katie, Aragon. Oh, (laughs) Aragon (laughs) the Dragon (laughs) movie. Headland. Aragon the Dragon movie that is just Dragon with an E instead of a D. (laughs) Um, Who did you say?
3: Uh, I said Headland. I said Headland.
2: It it is Headland. Uh, Chris. Green Street Hooligans, the, the soccer hooligans movie. Hunnam. That is Hunnam.
3: Yeah, because he's British.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> apparently Garrett is too, after Pan. Uh, <laughs> Katie, Georgia Rule. The Ooh. Lindsay Lohan acting up on set movie.
3: Uh, I'm gonna say Headland because he's American.
2: That is Headland. Chris, Crimson Peak. That is definitely Charlie Hunnam. That is Charlie Hunnam. You guys are perfect so far. Katie, Friday Night Lights. Ooh. Uh, Headland headland. Yes. Chris, perfect score intact. Triple Frontier. Oh.
1: Triple Frontier which was the Netflix movie that nobody watched. I'm positive that's Hanum. That is both
3: ah! That is
1: dance. how I dare you! So you get
2: half yeah, a point right.
3: Uh, I think they actually claimed that was one of the ones that everyone watched, like in their numbers. So it was. When I it, haven't watched it. When they
1: reported that every movie was watched by 42 million people, <laughs> I know it, our it was friend same and former, number for every
2: movie. Our friend and former podcast guest David Sims really liked that movie. It's just the only reason why I think I might watch it. Uh, Katie Jack Reacher.
3: Oh wow! One of them wasn't ja- it? Must be Hannah. Oh.
2: Trick question! It was Jai Courtney, and now the game has become <laughs> Garrett Headland or Charlie Hunnam or Jai Courtney. All right.
3: How, how dare you besmirch them by comparing what them to Jai Courtney? <laughs>
2: Chris, Chris, Children of Men.
1: Children of Men. That is.
2: Um. That's Charlie Hunnam. That's Charlie Hunnam. Katie, Terminator Genesis. That's Jai Courtney. <laughs> that's Jai Courtney. All right. Chris, <laughs> Unbroken. Uh, that's Garrett Headland. That is Garrett Hedlund and Jai Courtney. Katie, what? Outlaw Jai Courtney's that? Yes. This
3: is Sorry. What'd you give me?
2: Outlaw King. Outlaw
3: fuck. What? I saw Outlaw King. Hunnam.
2: Trick question. That is Aaron Taylor Johnson. And now the game is Charlie Hunnam, (laughs) Garrett Hedlund, Jai Courtney, or Aaron Taylor Johnson. Chris. Four brothers. Four brothers is Garrett Hedlund. Yes. Katie. A million little pieces. Based on the.
3: That's Aaron Taylor Johnson. And Charlie Hunnam. It's both of them.
2: Chris. Albert Nobbs. That is Aaron Taylor-Johnson. <laughs> that is Aaron Taylor-Johnson. Katie, Out of the Furnace.
3: Oh, I've seen that movie. Oh, my God. Uh, Hunnam.
2: Trick question. That is Boyd Holbrook. And now it's Garrett, Heather, <laughs> Charlie, Hunnam, J- Jai Courtney, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, or Boyd Holbrook. Chris, Suicide Squad. Uh, that is Jai Courtney. That is Jai Courtney and Joel Kinnaman, but Joel Kinneman doesn't get to play, and that is the end of our game. <laughs> <laughs> you guys did very well, I will say. Perfect Ooh, scores all around.
3: I'm stressed. <laughs> you you are know, a Ryan Gosling is sitting somewhere, man. being like, mm "Hmm." Ryan Gosling's got game.
2: several Oscar nominations. He I has know, got but it like, like Ryan Gosling's
3: face, facially fits into this mold, uh, and he has uh, gotten out of it through talent.
2: Watching Tron Legacy last night, I was like, "It is insane to me that Ryan Gosling is not in this movie because it reminds me of like no fewer than six Ryan Gosling movies." Which I'm ones besides to think Blade, think Blade of, like, Runner? Blade Runner, um. It, there's, like, there's some Drive vibes in there. There are some... Mm-hmm. Wait, there was one more, like, specific one where I was like, shit. Um, no, I've got to look up Ryan Gosling again. Because um, it was, dubbed, like, Blade Runner 2049, like, for sure. 2049? Yeah.
3: 4069? What is it? For,
2: yeah 2049. Yeah, right? Um... There's also weird, like, Mad Max Fury Road vibes. Like, it's one of those things where it's just like, oh, this is a franchise movie about, like, the beginning of the franchise you don't really need to have seen, kind of. And I don't know. It was
1: just like they threw a crazy amount of money at Tron Legacy and, like, pulled out all of the stops for a movie that is insane that if you cannot grasp the concept that all of the seemingly human characters are essentially Mm -hmm. computer programs if you can't wrap your head around that you will not understand
2: the movie yeah I guess it was mostly drive because there's a lot of just like them like driving around this track like obviously the whole like obviously the Tron thing is like this like little race thing anyway um, Uh, how was Olivia
3: wild on second on second viewing
2: Olivia Wilde's gotten a lot better since that movie, I will say. It's interesting to watch her at, like, these early stages. And she is playing a character who is a program. So, like, I think she was trying to, like, do some, like robotic things, and sometimes it's a little unfair when we sort of ask that of unproven actresses, and then all of a sudden we watch it, and it's just like, she's bad, and it's like, or is she trying to be an android? Like, I think we got a lot of that in the new Blade Runner with uh, Ana de Armas, where all of a sudden I'm watching that movie, and I'm like, I don't think she's very good. This movie is certainly spending a whole lot of time on her. And then you see her in Knives Out, and it's just like, oh no, she's wonderful. Like, she's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So... Good for her, and good for everyone with that. Look out um, for her next
1: year when she's playing Marilyn Monroe. Is that true? And, and who, who's uh, in and the that Andrew movie? Dominic movie for Netflix?
2: Oh, Andrew Dominic, come back to me. I feel like I've like skipped like several of his movies since he made um, Assassination of Jesse James because he keeps making these like very grim men committing crimes movies, and I'm just is like, is there no. more than Killing Them Softly that I'm not remembering? I thought there was one after Killing Them Softly. Man, my IMDb is uh, getting a workout.
3: Mindhunt, two episodes of Mindhunter.
2: Oh, I love mm. Mindhunter. Let's say Andrew Dominic did a great job on Mindhunter. I guess it was just killing them <laughs> softly um, that I just have no interest in whatsoever. But back to Pan. Let's uh, let's really... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to this Pan. We Sorry will to talk pan. about Pan.
1: Um, let's have the Joe say... Wright conversation.
2: Wait, Chris, go ahead, and then we'll have the Joe Wright conversation.
1: Well, uh, good, because we should maybe uh, touch on this, even though this has nothing to do with what we were really talking about with this movie for Oscar. I kind of liked Hugh Jackman in this movie. <laughs>
3: Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Speaking of this.
1: Oh, I thought he was so I do, I do like when Hugh Jackman kind of goes for it a little bit, though, I mean, I think his best performance is truly in... Bad Education, which will be on HBO sometime next year.
2: They had it um, in their last, um, like, Super Tease oh, in front of their Sunday programming last week. So like, like, They'll be pushing it for
1: Emmy, so it'll be...
2: myself.
1: Yeah. Um, he's really great in that, but I do kind of like when he goes huge because when he's playing, like, an everyman character, like Greatest Showman or Frontrunner, it's just... I don't think he's a, that engaging of an actor,
2: and I kind of like when he gets just to be a Weirdo. I will tell um, you along these lines, Hugh Jackman's greatest performance ever is in the rehearsal video for The Greatest Showman that they have on YouTube that were part of the promotional uh, package for that movie, where like they brought the entire cast into this Broadway rehearsal studio and had them like perform the entire show's worth of songs for investors to essentially like get people to invest in the movie. And he mm-hmm. has this whole like find this video on YouTube because he's got this whole drama of like he had like uh a like a skin cancer removed from his nose like the week before, and he wasn't supposed to be able to sing because he was he had like a whole like bandage. He had this weird like nose shaped bandage on his nose, and he was like, I'm not supposed to sing because I've got stitches and blah 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 blah. And the doctors told him not to and he showed up anyway because they had to sell the thing and it starts with Jeremy Jordan from Smash and whatnot um, singing his part and then like Jackman like steps up. And like breaks in to his own song, (laughs) and like everybody starts crying, and it's like everybody's emotional, and it's the greatest thing. And like other like people were there, like Cynthia Erivo's in the room, and like a whole bunch of other like better things to do. Well, she's got the connection to um, Pasek and Paul from other things, and so it's just like there's a whole, like, just all the, like, Broadway folk were, like, whoever was around, because I think she must have been, like, that must have been when she was still doing I The Color, color Purple the color or something. Purple, yeah. Yeah. Um, so all of a sudden, they're just, like, anybody, like, Kiala Settle's in there, and at one point, like, Kiala Settle and Cynthia Rivo start, like, riffing, like, doing, like, a riff-off. We're t- just, like, trying to outsing each other, and it's just the best thing in the I world it's like this it's that's what should have been on
1: for. this pirate ship in this movie not yes. this weird bro version of what moulin rouge is doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes it's like they couldn't even cut around that like they couldn't be like test screening that and then make them have some weird stock dialogue to like cut that shit out of the movie but like
2: I don't know. I mean, if anything is selling me about those scenes, it's Hugh Jackman. I mean, part of the problem is that like the Peter Pan story is baked into this story. It's the whole thing of, like, because in the original when, like, Wendy showed up in Neverland, they want her to stay because she's a girl and there are no other girls and they want a mother. And so the whole idea of Neverland is, like, there are no women. And so all of a sudden, every time everybody tries to do a Peter Pan movie, there's, like, at most one woman in the cast. I guess maybe that is why they keep casting Tiger, like, doing the Tiger Lily. Character is that like mm-hmm. it's a woman, but like once again, Hook outsmarts it because what do they do? They just cast Glenn Close as a man, and it's just like it's totally. <laughs> I mean, fun. okay. The boobalk. The not, I'm giving them too much credit because it is just a cameo but still it's Glenn Close, I'm just saying. <laughs> Doesn't she get eaten by bugs right away? She gets put into a box called the Boo Box where they like feed scorpions into the box as That's punishment right. for like, yeah, oh, lying have, or whatever. I have
3: not forgotten the Boo Box. It's even worse yeah. than
1: Greta's Bed of Lies.
3: Indeed. The thing about Hugh Jackman and Garrett Hedlund both is it just kind of makes me wonder what that vibe on set is that these performances are going so bonkers off the wall. Like They're all clearly yeah. going for something and the movie supports it in some ways. Like You've got this mind where they're singing Smells Like Teen Spirit like they are, I mean, and, and they're going for it. And you think of Anna Karenina where they're going for it and it all really works. They're all living within this completely invented world and somehow it doesn't translate properly in pan, but I like, I, I, I'm with you, Chris. I like Hugh Jackman going for it. Like, I think it probably does verge toward bad, but as I think I told mm-hmm. you both, like if Eddie Rodman and Jupiter Sending can get like cult <laughs> like status for that performance, like Hugh Jackman <laughs> should
2: too. I mean... I'm of two minds on this because part of me really, really appreciates only Eddie Redmayne in Jupiter Sending, and I tend to like push back at the whole like Jupiter Ascending is a masterpiece and everybody was like wrong about it. I'm like not quite, but nah, like
3: movie's bad.
2: I'll watch it for like whatever the you hell Redmayne's doing because he is bonkers in that movie. Like he's utterly <laughs> doing his own thing, and I like it. Um, I think with Jackman, sometimes it just sort of this performance to me falls into the kind of hammy Hugh Jackman stuff that I'm used to, and, like, I would appreciate the performance more if it was, like, new levels of Hugh Jackman being a ham, but, like, I've right. kind of seen this kind of stuff from him. And also, that character, to me, it just, he makes so little sense as to why he's there and that just, like, it never stopped bothering me, where I was just like, I don't... Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why we have this guy named Blackbeard who is acting exactly like Captain Hook used to act. Like, I don't. Well, you don't want some it the it idea just feel- of Peter
3: and Captain Hook being friends at first, even though, like, the fact that he doesn't even get close to becoming Captain Hook gives that kind of no resonance.
0: Mm hmm.
1: I think it's this weird, like almost self conscious thing of there's been so many different versions of the Peter Pan story that they have to find things to do that are distinctly different to like
2: justify this movie's existence. Yeah.
1: Um eh, eh, uh,
2: yeah. See Ben Zeitlin with his upcoming Oh man. Take on the Peter Pan myth with Wendy, which we're all cringing for right because we all assume it's going to be bad because if it was good we would have seen all of the signs point Mm, yeah
3: I mean it could still like be a Sundance premiere or like Berlin or something I I mean
1: it could still be good but they have no confidence in it making money maybe well sure maybe just dumping it especially because they're owned by Disney now
3: I mean, I would say, like, Beast of the Southern Wild being kind of, like, a slow burn success out of Sundance, like, I don't think you want to drop a movie like this in the middle of Oscar season, like, if it's going to be small and weird. And, like, Ben Island's going to make a small and weird movie. Like, I don't think you can, like, assume it's going to, like, hit the same emotional notes as Beast of the Southern Wild. I don't know. I don't know what to do with Searchlight as a Disney subsidiary, but I don't know that I expect it to be dumped based on that date.
2: It also feels like Beasts of the Southern Wild is a movie that a lot of people still really like, but a lot of other people who maybe liked it at the time when it was a little trendy have become a little bit more abashed about that Mm -hmm. and now sort of have doubled back and maybe are a little bit more skeptical about that movie than it had been. I think
1: just the fact that it is a riff on the Peter Pan story makes me nervous because I don't know if that's what I want from Ben Zeitlin.
3: Well, it also becomes like the same way that the Peter Pan story is like kind of an inherent like racial politics trap with Tiger Lily. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you're making like, if Beast of the Southern Wild came out now, I think it would be treated really differently by mainstream Mm -hmm. critics in the way that it's a by a white filmmaker about black people in New Orleans. And I think Wendy might run into something similar. um, There's still source material.
2: Even when it was released, I was a little bit surprised that it was that it sort of like tiptoed past that graveyard a little bit.
3: Yeah. yeah, it did. Do you know what I mean?
2: Like, I, I I, loved that movie, and I haven't seen mm-hmm. it in a long time, but I, I hope I would still love that movie. But I remember even at the time, I was like, this is interesting, but like, I wonder if it's going to end up with a backlash, and it didn't so much. And I think I would probably chalk a lot of that up to, there was a lot of good vibes for Jane Wallace. Like, people really, really loved that performance. Remember when, like, who was it that got in trouble?
3: The Onion.
2: Was it the onion making tweeting. the like the C-word joke? Like the thing yeah. about just like which <laughs> yeah. remember? Remember oh, that. Oh I remember. Thing where they were just like the onion called day Wallace the C-word, and I'm like, wait, maybe that's not what happened, actually. <laughs> like maybe that's not how humor works. <laughs> that was rough. God, I mean, day rough.
3: Wallace and, and this kid and Pan both lead to my uh my one true point, which is that no children should ever be actors and uh, I love in,
2: Wait no, you are now you've now moved I, on to no children should ever be actors
1: grudge <laughs> in all of our and like it, film circles.
2: I was I with like, you on No Children Should Ever Be Nominated for Major Awards. Yeah, I'm I, definitely I mean, with you on that. No Children online.
3: Should Ever Be Actors is overstating it. I don't want kids at the Oscars because I don't, don't think they're having fun and belong there. I mostly don't want kids to have acting careers because they want them to have normal lives. And I feel like this gets misconstrued, or at least has been once, on Twitter and that I think that kid actors are bad or that I don't like kids no, do kid think, actors. I, like, I, like, I, I have not. so much respect for kid actors. I want them to succeed and be you're happy. You're concerned and, for
2: their well-being.
3: Yes, I know. Never want them but to it's hear just thrusting me them ever.
1: in an yeah like in an environment where that is not suitable for no, them.
3: No, it is the the world of movies and work is not where kids should be. And I, for the most part, I don't think performances from kids or any movies with kids are worth the lives that are upended by them being in movies. But I just and... want
2: to like take this to the next step because the next step is <laughs> there are no children in movies, and we just have a, a cinematic world where like life begins at. Eighteen,
3: or like we have CGI kids, which like would like when oh, like, oh, gets to that Oh, now that, point, that we've made it to make that CGI point, CGI
1: de-aged James
2: Dean, or just like this generation is the last generation of child movies, and they all get scanned, this and then like of men. they're the children in every movie. Going, this is very like yeah. There's a sci-fi universe, a YA sort of series to be made of this, about just, like, the children who are the actors, like, the children actors. And I mean, I
3: saw Honey forever. Boy. I don't know if you guys did, but that movie is Not a yet. great argument for never letting children be actors. Yeah.
2: No, I I mean, oh, there's, man. there's a whole lot of logic behind that, and I'm just... CGI see the CGI thing, you may, you you might be able to swing me with the CGI. Yeah, that thing, Jeff Bridges
3: though... technology that you decried <laughs> is gonna get us
1: there. <laughs> I mean All children should be played by a DH Jeff Bridges.
2: Oh no. <laughs> see oh no I'm farther. Actually I though. think okay. that
1: would be wonderful. I wanna see Jeff Bridges' take on a child. <laughs>
2: That's like I do like the idea exercise. that we can just, like, go back into the history of movies and just be like, I want this kid to be played by the little kid from Kramer vs. Kramer. And you just sort of, like,
3: you, <laughs> like, pick O'Neil him out of a... going to have such a rich career. Yeah.
2: Wow. What a horrible future we're about to step into. The Katie Rich timeline where <laughs> yeah. no children... Thanks for putting me in charge, everybody. <laughs> okay, no, wait. So, Joe Wright, because Katie, like, we gotta oh, yeah, talk about Joe Wright. We gotta he's talk like, about Joe Wright. He's the guy we've like we've bonded over Joe Wright many I times. Know, I feel like no I, I,
3: I feel I feel love that him. He's such a
2: foundational part and I've really truly when I said that I love Joe Wright to have never seen the soloist or Pan, I wasn't even really kidding. I was like I don't I didn't I did not want to see a movie that would make me be like, God Joe Wright, this sucks. And like Pan did kind of do that to me but like even like Darkest hour, which I think a lot of people, sort of brushed aside as being sort of just like typical British great man World War II yada 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 and I remember watching that one at uh tiff and being like, this is what I wanted Lincoln to be and I wasn't even really kidding where Ew. I was just like or no not this is what I wanted Lincoln to be, but this is what everybody who liked Lincoln was describing when they were describing Lincoln and I mm, was like mm-hmm. which is that like it's so processy and it's so much like how can I use the power of my this like this man's gift for oratory to get a country onto the track that it needs to be on in spite of itself? And I think a lot of people sort of got along the, like, why are we, like, praising Winston Churchill? And, like, Gary Oldman's a terrible person. I'm just like, all of that's probably true. But, like, in the narrow scope of that movie I didn't care like in the narrow scope of that movie I was in those back rooms with Churchill as he's just trying to get the country on the same page of like we gotta beat Hitler and I don't know I think he does a I very mean, smart he job was it like
1: one of the more subdued I mean I think this is what people kind of marked it as but it felt like a more finger quote subdued Joe Wright movie but watching that movie and this is why I was fine with the movie is because the star of the movie felt like Joe Wright to me yeah me, me too like yeah. all of the good decisions about that movie are directorial decisions and like yeah. aesthetic decisions.
2: Yeah, like, Oldman's still very like blah 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 blah. Like that's his whole like sort of thing. But like that's not and why I love what that. What the
3: Churchill was like. <laughs> and you've got Ben Mendelsohn as the yes! king, like in the like yes! the same king that Colin Firth played, and the, the, that movie has a version of what I like consider like the Joe Wright signature scene, which you, you get a lot of in Pride and Prejudice, where you've got two characters kind of like under a bed sheet talking to each other, like like yeah. connecting in this very intimate way. There's a big one um, in Hannah, where you've got a Cersei Ronan and the girl she's on the run with, and there's kind
2: of a Jessica tiny Barden, of it. who's the girl in um, in uh, the End of the Fucking World, yeah.
3: Oh man, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah. There's a tiny version of this in Pan, where uh, Blackbeard kind of gets. to... To Peter Pan and like they under a circus tent, like talking to each other, like across this yeah. piece of fabric. And then this great scene in Darkest Tower, which isn't quite that, but they're like sitting in a weird, crappy bedroom. I don't remember why. I don't want know why Churchill and the King wound up like sitting in this like unmade bed. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know I the scene you're talking, you talking about. about. Yeah. It's, like, and like any boarded
1: up but, windows and yeah, no furniture. I don't remember how
3: they wind up there, but it's this version of this like very intimate, like two people find themselves in a very quiet space where they're close together and they can talk about things. And that to me is like such a huge strength of his is that he can do the big, Anna the stuff swooping around, like the big tracking scene on the beach at Dunkirk and Atonement, but then also have that. And he knows that he needs both to make his movie succeed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I love the Kira Knightley trilogy with Joe Wright. And for a while there, the lesson was like, Joe Wright should only make movies with Keira Knightley, because those are the ones that like end up being like big Oscar successes, because even like mm-hmm. he's only made one good movie that didn't get an Oscar nomination, and that was Hannah. And yeah. that one you can just sort of chalk up to like genre bias and like, that's fine. Oh, Hannah an early release. Well, good. Hannah's fantastic. Hannah's one of those movies yeah. that now that Saoirse Ronan has become what she's become, I want people to go back... And maybe I shouldn't be saying this. Maybe I should just like pitch this out as, a, as an article. Because, like, because <laughs> just like there's so, like, even at the She's time, it was very well star. received. But I feel like a lot of people just didn't watch that movie because they didn't quite get what it was supposed to be about. And, like, it's there is tough so much, one. it's an arch movie. Like, Kate Blanchett's character is like. A fairy tale villain, like literally yeah. like the big bad wolf, sort of like walking out of this like German theme park. Which, by the way, <laughs> everything about that is fantastic. <laughs> Tom Hollander in that movie is fantastic. Oh
3: my god. God, speaking of the Michael Sheen genre of like weird robot <laughs> villains, that's exactly what Tom <laughs> Hollander is in that movie.
2: Also, succession people, go back and watch Anna Karenina because Matthew McFadden is so so good in that movie and you
3: see the origins of tom way more than you do in pride and prejudice
2: exactly pride and prejudice Mm -hmm. he's darcy and he's wonderful and he's like it's it's less of the colin firth sort of like sweep you up off of your feet darcy he's a lot more sort of mercurial and a little moody and whatnot and like that's great for that character and he's wonderful and that scene on the on the hilltop where it's raining and whatever but like him in anna karenina where he's playing this like kind of a son of a bitch, like, or just sort of just like a weasel more than like a son of a bitch. He's just like, he's a little weaselly. He's a little yeah. bit sort of like scummy. He's still great, and you still love him, and he's like very funny. But yeah, it's a lot closer to Tom Wamskins than um, any other role he's played. I feel like that's like the connective tissue, that like, if you didn't remember him in Anna Karenina, then all of a sudden Succession is is so far from Darcy. But yeah. I love Joe Wright, you guys. I really do, I do too. Wait, can
3: we talk about his Black Mirror episode for a second, which I sometimes forget about, but he directed notes. Which Nosedive. one the his? One, the one with Bryce Dallas Howard, where it's like the future. <gasps> oh, where yeah. It. That episode is so I good. I love that it's episode. So I don't good. think I
2: knew that that was Joe Wright. Yeah, I, I will... knew, I just always forget. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's the best thing De- Bryce Dallas Howard has ever done. Ooh. I think in terms of, like, acting.
3: She's really good in the Help. She's wonderful. I know that's a controversial opinion. Uh, I, <laughs> no, sorry, you started agreeing exactly with me before you she's realized what she's supposed I to be
1: my in that movie.
2: <laughs> I thought you were going to say she's really good in that, and I was going to be like, "No, yes. she's, and she's just like,
3: incredible." And then you nosedive. said the help.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, Nosedive is one of is one of my favorite Black Mirrors. I still haven't seen every Black Mirror. I always. Feel like
3: yeah, me neither. I'm
2: holding out on some and like keeping in my back pocket to like watch. I've still never seen the Miley Cyrus one, which I want to go back and watch that one. Um, but yeah, the Bryce Dallas Howard one is fantastic. That one's all about how um, if our listeners, if for li- people who haven't seen it, it's. Um, Everything you do in life gets you social media points, essentially, yeah. and so people end up living their lives on this, like, razor wire of I've got to do I've, – I've, all my interactions have to be incredibly, like, me-positive so that, like, other people vote – upvote me, essentially, and – she sort of falls into a spiral, and once you start falling down that spiral, you can't get out of it, and it's just—it's—it's
3: it's very relatable for like when like your one bad interaction with a barista just like makes you feel like a worthless human, and like yeah. <laughs> yeah. spirals from there.
2: It's great. It's super great. Um, it's
3: something
1: that like I would like to see Joe Wright tackle as a genre in a feature length movie because I think it's pretty clear that like he should not be doing big budget like splashy genre movies but like if he did a science fiction movie i'd probably be really excited by that
3: uh well yeah. i thought i was gonna have to wait until next year or two years from now to talk about joe Wright on this podcast uh because of his next movie which I i'm always, extremely alarmed about i already <laughs> want to be past it
2: that's the thing the one thing i was sad about that it got moved to next year the the woman in the window the, woman was yeah. in the window is I already want to be past it, because we've already been, like, so, like, that, once that author got exposed as a fraud, and, like, already it's, like, we knew he was a fraud because he was ripping off Rear Window. Like, already, like, we sort of had exposed that, at least. Like, that was obvious. But we kind of let him get away with writing a rip off of Rear Window and becoming a bestseller. Seller. Have you, and you guys read I- that book? I think it just said I seller not, like I was from the Zealand. That.
3: that movie, it book sucks. I read it I've when I was like, I was like, you know, I've been trying to do like read the books that are going to be Oscar movies, and I was yeah, it was like mm-hmm. February when I was reading this. And I like, read I, the
2: girl on the train. I had I figured. Yeah, yeah I, like, I read that. That too. was my one. That was that my was one. trash. Yeah.
3: Um, Anyway, so in, in 2021, we'll be here to talk about The Woman in the Window, probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. Which fully
1: had Oscar buzz before it was moved. We will see what happens next year. But, like, I guess maybe we can, from Joe Wright, pivot to the Oscar conversation, maybe. Because, like, I fully know that this is going to be a movie where people are like, that had Oscar buzz. And we are here to tell you that it absolutely did.
3: And Woman in the Window or Pan?
1: Pan. Uh, both. <laughs> I mean, like, both were on people's predictions. And, like, Pan, a lot of it is because of, like, the type of craft that goes into a Joe Wright movie. Yeah. And having that people predict it until it opened
3: i also yeah. um i was googling around because i did interview i talked to joe right at the junket for this movie where he looked like profoundly exhausted and i yeah. yeah i felt for him um and i found a story that i had completely forgotten that i wrote which is that uh in vanity fair uh, we debuted photos from behind the scenes of pan um like in the magazine and so like i did like captions for the online version of it yeah. so that was my involvement in it but they don't uh, do that
2: for movies they don't think are going to be exactly big deal, guys that, like that's mm-hmm. my point yeah yeah you guys are a vessel, and you guys are a very specific vessel, and you're great at, at being that vessel. And I that mean, is... it's
3: uh, it's fun to get to have that status.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. so good. I, every time when Katie's like, you can't tell anybody
3: that such <laughs> and such is going to be
2: in the Hollywood issue, and I'm just like, yes!
3: I feel like I shouldn't tell you because you make like such a good guessing game out of who's going to be in the Hollywood issue. I know, it's
2: very... I, I do have a lot of fun with that. I will say that. Um... Yeah, Pan is one of those, I think once that trailer came out, I think we were all disabused of the notion, just because I feel like even just watching the trailer, I'm like, this is so messy. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like, just sort of like the visual mess of it, the, the you know, the anti-Marie Kondo of it all. Just... It's that shot of Rooney Mara with the headdress. Yeah. Yeah. The anti-Marie Kondo. The Play-Doh hair.
3: But Joe, Marie Kondo loves mess.
2: She loves mess, and yet it's her mission to to eradicate it. They should have cast Marie Kondo as Tiger Lily. (laughs) Oh my God. She just walks past Tiger Lily and is like, I can't wait to get into this. Like, I can't wait (laughs) to declutter you.
3: But also, Ruby. I feel like there's a version of um of Oscar buzz that applies to directors primarily, and like, oh, yeah. you can, like even if like there was no like literal like someone wrote an article about pan's Oscar Buzz like when you have Joe Wright when you have the cast certain
2: directors like this, yeah. they're always going to be on the radar until they until you see otherwise, yeah, they're exactly. always going to be on the radar that's why and I think that that's a lot of when people sort of come at us with just sort of this like this hit Oscar buzz, and it's just like this and it's always about like a movie from a guy who like won an Oscar I'm like once you win an Oscar yeah it's the easiest thing mm-hmm. to just imagine that person on the podium again yeah and unless it makes
1: t- it so easy for people to make long list predictions like early in the year predictions right. that like have us watching a movie for like six months until it comes
3: and, and unless were it's talking-
2: like Go ahead. I was gonna say unless it's like I was going to say, like, Tim Burton doing Dumbo, not that Tim Burton's won an Oscar, but he's had Oscar-nominated movies. But it's just, like, there's it's the rare thing where, like, if you see a director sign on to a project and you know that, like, that project is so sort of crassly commercial that it's not ever going to be in the conversation. But, like, that's the rarity. That's the one yeah. where it's just, like, you know, not whatever, Milos Forman's... Tangled, you know what I mean, just like live action tangled.
1: Lassa Hallstrom's movies narrated by dogs,
2: <laughs> right?
1: Lassa Hallstrom's
2: hotel f- for dogs for, um, yeah, like it's that's sort of the rare thing. But so, Katie, I interrupted you. What oh,
3: you, you guys were talking about um, Walter Mitty a couple weeks ago and about how Life mm-hmm. of Pi was maybe the precursor for something like that, where like that's a like a high tech. Uh, adventure movie that would get nominated, but I was also thinking about Avatar as I was watching, um, mm-hmm. which it's I don't know. That it's like it's not a great precursor for anything. Like Avatar was really kind of a singular hit on all things, but I, I think I can't that's see... the thing with James
2: Cameron. It's yeah. just sort of like he kind of like shuts the door behind him, <laughs> yeah,
3: which, uh, which to me is why I admire him even more. Sure. And I yeah. love James Cameron, um, but especially when he's like trying to ride these like birds on the cliffs in Neverland. I was like, oh yeah, this feels like a scene from Avatar. Um yeah. so, but you can imagine like Warner Brothers putting up the money for this, being like, sure. It worked then. Why not? It's it so wild to were me. Those birds
1: so ugly. Like, uh, so stupid. Um, they're like skeleton birds. I, it, you, because you just mentioned like Warner Brothers saying, like, sure, here's a bunch of money to do that movie. There were so many moments while watching this that I was like, did nobody from like this executive team show up on set for this movie? Because it's like this... Fully feels like a movie that is just lacking a necessary intervention or like they just had no yeah. eyes on this movie and they got away with all this shit which 150
3: million like,
2: dollar production budget and oh, the, worldwide, Christ, really? the worldwide box office was 128 million which like most of that was overseas I think domestically I think it made 39 million or something like that wow. it does look like
3: it cost 150 million like the CGI is not especially good no. it
2: looks pretty cheap yeah
3: but it also felt like it had like studios stepping in being like, no, we need another joke about like Peter Pan things in here. Like we need another action scene. Like it, it yeah. felt like there could like, there was a a level show his, of Show his hand
2: again, so you know that like he'll he won't have a hand at some point. Like,
3: yeah, like yeah. It's, I mean, and I know he was like going for like kid tone. Like it's really overscored. You have the whole like caper in the beginning in the orphanage where he's like finding his his treasures. That yeah. you feel like it's going for like kind of a hook tone, like this big like broad yes. kid mm-hmm. adventure. But it it feels that's kind of what makes it feel grating. You're just like just shut up, like everyone calm down for a second. Which <laughs> makes me really, like Rooney really Mara because she's so like still. In her performance. Yeah,
2: I think that's why I think that's why I sort of was drawn to her is because of that like stillness. I think that's what Rooney Mara brings to a movie is yeah. this sort of just like sh- there's a there's a bubble of stillness around her at all times, and that yeah. sort of works. You know, work when it works for her, it really works. But I was going to say you bring up Hook again, and I think one of the things that Hook, for again all its problems, that it deserves credit for is for introducing brand new things to. The, sto- the the Peter Pan story I think of like how much I as a kid was really into that Rufio character yeah, and like that mm-hmm. whole kind of arc and that in many ways is a little bit of like that's what the movie has instead of like a Tiger Lily character which is like another young character to sort of like prop up part of the movie and the rivalry there with Peter and then like when like spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen Hook but like he dies at the end and like I was so... Sad by that, and also I think there were like little twelve-year-old boy feelings where it was just like, why do I think this boy is cute? Like, what's going
3: Oh on yeah, Rufio's real cute.
2: <laughs> um, I always forget about that about like like young Rufio feelings as being like a cr- critical one for me. Um, that I wish Pan had been more willing to just like create brand new things, brand new characters, brand new whatever. I think ultimately beyond the four main characters and I guess Smee kind of but even Smee sort of like tumbles backwards into becoming the Smee that we're all familiar with and it's just like, why not let Smee be different for this movie? Like, we let Hook be different for this movie and I don't know. Some of it, too, is like Joe Wright, it feels like
1: a swan dive into silliness where you kind of wish that he was taking it a little bit more seriously, like in... I don't know. There's something about, like, the artifice of, like, an Anna Karenina that is absolutely stone-faced and committed to what it's doing Mm -hmm. that this feels like is not at all taking itself
2: seriously and that's part of the problem. Mm Mm-hmm. I do like that it... Seems so very directed at the kids. I think Katie, you make a good point about like the way that like the music plays during the early scenes when they're in England, and it's just like oh, it's like very much a kind of like kids movie. It's just yeah. like it's it's PG in a way that I was not expecting it to be PG. Do you know what I, like I mean? It's like the
3: early Harry Potter movies where it's like yeah, da- 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 do, we're on a like search for a thing. Yeah. Um, and oh, they, while I mentioned. What's that? Anyway, it's coming from Warner Brothers. You made the Harry Potter. Movies. Oh
2: yeah, but mm-hmm. while we're on PG, so I made a second game because I went mad Uh-oh. this week. Um, because like when <laughs> I think it was like the very first thing that popped up, and and I saw that it was um even before I started the movie, it was it was interesting to think of the idea that like oh a movie that like was not Oscar hopeful at PG because like we don't really see. I looked up. I looked this up last night and. Since the the year that PG thirteen was created, which was nineteen eighty five, that only something like seventeen best picture nominees were PG rated uh, film. Yeah, because mm. there's not that many PG movies, right? That's and it, and it especially falls into like this odd little like no man's land for awards, right? Where like there's I even think like I don't think there's been more G rated, but like you would certainly see, like, so many more PG-13 and obviously, like, our movies. But so I took a sampling of the, of those PG-rated Best Picture nominees, and these are all, again, from 1985 oh, wow. and onward. Wow. And I did our IMDb Keywords game. And yes.
3: so
2: I'm going to give it to you guys, and we'll see which <laughs> one of you guys can come out ahead. I, I picked ten... Right? Yes, I picked 10. Um, and if you guys get them very quickly, I have a couple backups if we wanted to do some more. Um, but again, Katie, you are our guest. So you can decide whether to go first or second.
3: Uh, maybe Chris should go first this time.
2: All right, Chris is going to go Uh-oh. first. Again, these are PG-rated Best Picture nominees from 1985 or after. And so Chris will get one keyword. If he can't guess it from that one, then it'll go to Katie. And then it'll go to Chris. Uh, but like, Chris will start okay. off. Like Chris will go first. Um, because the last clue in all of these will be the year. So I want to make sure that, like, that switches off between you guys. So the last clue, clue number 10, will be the year that it was released. All right, so Chris, your first film, first keyword is marriage. What's that one movie with a marriage? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to assume you can't guess it from marriage. I cannot guess it from marriage, Okay. Katie, Colonial.
3: Oh, God. Uh not the piano so i am going to pass it's
2: not piano is not a pg movie uh chris big game hunter big game hunter
1: hunting in colonial times and it is a husband and wife i do not know
2: all right katie accent
3: is it Beauty and the Beast?
2: <laughs> it's not Beauty and the Beast. That was uh, rated G. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I say, thought that's so. gotta be G. Rated G among like it was the first. There are like four pretty hard R movies too, where it was like Silence of the Lambs and JFK and Bugsy and whatnot. And it's anyway. <laughs> so wait, so it was Katie's turn, right? Uh,
3: um, no, no, Katie no, I got I just, I just guessed.
2: Katie got accent. Chris, Infidelity.
0: Cheating on your wife (laughs)
2: while you go hunting
1: for something (laughs) in colonial times. I don't know. Katie, airplane
2: accidents.
3: It's not the English patient because that's not PG either. So it's not. Pass again.
2: (laughs) Chris, based on book. I don't know. Katie, Safari.
3: Oh, is it out of Africa?
2: It's out of Africa.
3: Yes. It's rated PG? PG,
2: yeah. That's
1: still probably in the times where it's shaky between PG it and It was PG-13. the very
2: first year of PG 13 movies, wow. so yeah, I think that's probably right. The last two clues were World War One and 1985. All right, Katie, you're going to go first with our second film, okay. the 1970s.
3: Oh, that's sorry. I was like, the year? <laughs> um, in the 1970s, but released after that as a Best Picture nominee. I, yes. I don't know, pass.
2: Chris, team. Ooh, it's gotta
1: be a sports movie. Is it, well, Chariots of Fire, when the hell was Chariots
2: of Fire? Um, pass. Katie, based on real events.
3: Maybe I'll guess Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire.
2: It's not Chariots of Fire. Chris, oxygen. Uh-oh. <laughs>
1: Uh, pass Katie, measles.
3: What? Oh, um, wait, no, I you was gonna can guess. Apollo. There's no harm in guessing. I was gonna say Apollo 13 because one of them, but that's what it is. Apollo either. 13. What? Yes, that movie is yeah. rated
2: PG. <laughs> it's rated PG. Apollo yeah, 13. Yeah,
3: because Gary Sinise gets the measles, right? Or they yep, think he's he gonna does. get the measles and he never does. And Isn't he can't, there a go, good he can't amount go. Of
1: swearing in that movie.
2: There might be, but uh, it was good enough for kids, apparently. The
3: power All right, so.
2: Chris you're gonna start with this one the 1930s it's gonna be a pass Katie repressed love oh Oh,
3: I'm just gonna guess and say the artist
2: wait so Katie did you get the first two you got out of Africa on Apollo 13 I did score okay um it is not the artist Chris anti-semitism
1: it can't
2: be life as beautiful, right? It is not life as beautiful. Okay. Katie Manor, M A N O R.
3: Oh. <laughs> is it Gosford Park?
2: It's not Gosford uh-huh. Park. Boy, if Gosford Park can come back to bite Chris one more time in a <laughs> That's game. That's why I
3: laughed at it. That'd be uh. very funny.
2: <laughs> Chris, Congressman. Singular Congressman. Ooh. Are we still going in order? We're not going in order of years. Okay. I mixed um, them up then I don't know Katie based on a novel
3: I'm really stuck on congressman and manor in the same thing I cannot figure out how those two things fit together past
2: 1930 Chris pigeon Uh, I don't know Katie appeasement
3: <laughs> this is all sounding really dark uh, I have no idea
2: Chris, domestic servant. Is it, like, remains of the day? It's the remains of the day. Yeah! Well done, Chris. Chris Good is on job. the board with one point. It's two to one, Katie. All right, uh, Katie, go first with this one. Proposal. I do not know. Chris, family relationships. <laughs> um, I don't know. Katie, artificial hand.
3: Whoa. <gasps> No. uh oh, i'm worried chris knows it but i don't know no I don't chris know? adultery
2: specific adultery chris i don't know katie superstition
3: oh my god i don't know
2: chris bakery Chocolat? not chocolat. Ah. katie opera
3: my my brain is like spinning. I cannot <laughs> figure out any of these. <laughs> Imagining like an artificial hand at the opera. <laughs> I
2: don't know.
1: Chris lost the hand in the bakery. Chris,
2: <laughs> Italian American. Is it moonstruck? It's moonstruck. Ah!
3: Moonstruck. Katie, your next clue would have been
2: face slap. So that would have been oh, a big one. Oh.
3: Yeah. I, as I thought of it. At I should I, I
2: I
1: think it was the it was the hand.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Chris, you lead with this one. It is farmer.
1: Uh oh. Um,
2: it's not witness. Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, Katie, father son relationship.
3: I think it's the one I've been waiting for. Is it, babe?
2: It is not, babe.
3: Oh, damn!
2: I will tell Babe's you, babe. Got me rated G. Babe is rated G. Yes. Uh. Um, Chris, recluse. Ooh. I don't know. Katie, athlete.
3: Oh, Field of Dreams! Field no, of Dreams best, is it nominated Field for Best Picture?
2: It did get nominated wow. for Best Picture. Wow. Remaining clues were ghost reference to Eva Braun, <laughs> Iowa baseball <laughs> cornfield, and 1989.
3: Yes. I remember that part yeah. with the Eva Braun
2: reference. Yep, yep.
0: At least he is not a book burner, you Nazi cow.
2: <laughs> Make me mad again. Best scene in the movie. It's so good. All right, um, who starts? Who started off with that one? I did. Yeah. Okay, it's Katie. Uh, Railway Station.
3: Uh, The Railway Man.
2: That's not me. <laughs> Chris. Future episode. Chris, Teenage Girl. I don't know. Katie Eiffel Tower. Oh. Uh, Hugo? Hugo, well done. Ah, ah, that was
3: another one I was waiting for.
2: Other ones were Sneaking Into a Movie, One Word Title, Foot Chase, Memento, French Filmmaking, Reference to the Lumiere Brothers in 2011.
3: That is a hard one to get clues for.
1: All of the things that I have in my mind, I think, are not rated PGA.
2: Chris, you're going to start with this one. First clue is Bicycle. I don't know. Katie, Living in Exile.
3: Is this one Life is Beautiful?
2: This is not Life is Beautiful. Chris, Leading Actor's Last Film.
1: Oh. I don't know, but I will remember
2: that. Katie Island. Is it Il Postino? It's Il Postino.
0: Hey, oh, that's
1: I'm... the one I was waiting for, and I, I I've never that. seen that movie. was—I was like, does that have
3: a sex scene in it or something? But
1: yeah, that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Katie takes a five to two lead. All right, Katie, you're going to lead with this one. First clue is heartfelt.
3: Yeah, I had no idea.
2: <laughs> Chris, Chris, dog. <gasps> What's a dog <laughs> movie? You know, my uh, I hate dog movies. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Katie, Man with Glasses.
3: Is this one the artist?
2: This is not the artist.
3: Is the artist PG?
2: Chris, Tennis Ball. Uh, I don't know. Katie, Building Demolition.
3: Uh, I believe it is Up. Up. Well done. I have watched that movie wow. many, 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 many times because I have a three-year-old.
2: Yeah, up the <laughs> rare uh animated yeah. PG movie, not G, I think because of all the sadness. Yeah. <laughs> it's about dying. It also has
3: a lot of like falling from great heights.
2: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Chris, your first clue is faith. Pass. Katie survival.
3: <laughs> not the revenant, so pass. <laughs>
2: chris magical realism is this
1: the artist it's
2: not the artist (laughs) i'm just (laughs) gonna gonna say right now that the artist is not uh one of these movies the artist (laughs) is not if it's not pg-13 it's not pg-13 yeah um uh who's the next clue me katie knocked off a boat
3: can it possibly be Life of Pi?
2: It's Life of Pi. PG. How is that rated? movie PG thirteen? It's terrifying. I don't know. It's very scary.
3: God.
2: No blood. I know.
3: All right. I guess so... he doesn't get eaten by the tire. <laughs> All
2: right. So Katie has a commanding seven to two lead. We're going to do this last one anyway. Katie, I think you lead off with this. It is imagination. I don't know. Chris, the year nineteen oh three. Uh, a pass. Katie, London, England.
3: Oh, God! Is it Finding Neverland? It's Finding Neverland. <laughs> Katie, killing this game. Katie. What I'm proving is I don't need to see any of these movies to have them burn <laughs> in my brain.
2: Well done, Katie. And Finding Neverland elegantly segues us back into the topic at hand. I love that oh, the remaining clues well, on man, that. By sorry. the way, were theater, cricket, the sport, writer, man-boy friendship cough, which oh, I only God. put in because man-boy friendship <laughs> followed by cough is very funny, because it sounds like the IMDb keywords are like <laughs> like making a poignant cough. <laughs> um, reference to Peter Pan. It's like a pulled collar. Uh, reference to Peter Pan and 2004. Okay. So, well done on the PG Best Picture game.
3: Who knew? Who knew,
2: right? Some of those were genuinely surprising to me. Let's hope we get one this year with A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood.
3: Oh, is that Maybe movie PG? PG.
2: It is PG. Oh, I hope it gets nominated. I really love that movie.
3: I yeah, when movie. when you guys were me asking too. me about the uh, this year's the at Oscar buzz contender, I was thinking about that one as a possible one. I fear for.
2: Oh God, I know. I'm worried about it. I think it'll get something though. I don't think it'll get like totally blanked. Although, I'm at the point where I'm worried about Tom Hanks again. Yeah, I think be. I am he worried has a about weird Tom
3: Oscar Hanks. Cold Street going on.
2: We've talked about this a lot, Katie. But Tom Hanks not getting nominated for Captain Phillips is the most both puzzling and infuriating Oscar snub of my lifetime
3: I talk about it all the time it's genuinely strange
2: the only thing that explains it is how crowded that category was so I feel like the votes were probably spread out pretty far
1: but and where like the magic trick of that performance is the final scene whereas most of the rest of the movie it's like you really do take for granted what Tom Hanks is doing well
2: it's it's It's, Tom Hanks being great at at the one yes it's Tom Hanks like being like like quiet competence, which is just, mm-hmm. like, what we love him for. And, yeah, I think you're right. And so, yeah, so I think if you were watching that on a screener and whatever, got bored, even though it's a great movie. Yeah, um, it's so good. But, and but like, you know, got nominated. That's true. But in a much,
3: much less competitive
2: category. Like, I think the Best Actor, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I forget in relation to what, but, like, Best Actor nineteen or 2013 is insane how incredibly competitive that was. Oscar Isaac didn't get nominated for Lewin Davis that year. Robert Redford did not get nominated for All Is Lost that year. Joaquin Phoenix for her. For her, right. There was a lot, a lot, a lot happening that year that didn't that didn't show up. And yet weirdly Some shit's gonna go down this year.
3: Oh, this year's gonna be wild.
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of competition from a lot of areas. It's I'm very excited to be talking about it, but also um I don't know. Nutty. I did want to bring up, though, Razzie nominations for both Rooney Mara and Amanda Seyfried, which I get the Rooney Mara <laughs> thing if you, like, object to, you know, the Tiger Lily character, and it's obviously problematic and whatever, and that's, like, low-hanging fruit for the Razzies that it's expected. It's super mean to nominate Amanda Seyfried for the very little she was in this movie. Like, yeah.
1: I Like, when she starts in the movie and she's, like, Peter's mother dropping him off at the orphanage or whatever, I was like, cool cameo. But then when she shows up in, like, the shittiest CGI ghost you've Uh, ever seen, that you can barely tell that it's Amanda Seyfried, is, like weird in and of itself, but to nominate her for a Razzie for it is the pettiest. It I was, hate
2: the rem. It was a shared nomination where it was this and Love the Coopers, but like, if you thought she was bad enough in Love the Coopers, just leave it at that. You don't need to wrap, rap like, pan into that. You really don't. It's, I get that uh, their you, whole thing was wonder... like, she was in two terrible movies, but like, come on.
3: It was one of those things. Maybe like wonder like was she dating Joe Wright at the time or something? Like did she do this as a favor? I couldn't figure out like how she wound up. It's in an it. odd
2: yeah. It's an odd cameo. What would have wrapped her into that? I don't know. That's interesting. But, there yeah. needs to be an IMDb for who has dated whom. Like I really oh, do feel like
3: God. Please. Well, Joe Wright
1: was married at that time, but he was previously engaged to Rosamund
2: Pike.
3: Which ah, okay. I kind of I ship the, that couple that I don't know anything about personally right.
2: <laughs> like i I do appreciate the uh, the old uh, old loves Tumblr that has now become an Instagram account, and it is. Invaluable for things like this, but I want something searchable that I can just like click on somebody and just be like, they dated this person from this year to this year. It's incredibly invasive, true, but also I want to know. So it explains some things. It explains why people did certain movies. Mm -hmm. Also, you can then draw, like, oh, these people dated the same person. So maybe they have like a rivalry. It's all very interesting. It also is one of my favorite side topics in Hollywood, which is Hollywood in laws. Like, I always love this idea idea that like um oh wait shoot i had a whole my my great example of it is can i give
3: you mine while you think about yes, it? yes please yes oh this is from a couple of weeks ago where dakota johnson gave the speech for antonio banderas at the hollywood film awards yes. and talking yes. about like her relationship with him and you're her like stepfather yeah, of course they have like a, a really big relationship like they were never married right melanie griffith and antonio banderas I don't believe so. Are they married? Anyway, like, like, I don't know. Like, you think Dakota Johnson, you don't automatically think of Antonio Banderas, but, like, they're a big part of each other's life, and it's like, you know, like, he's not with her mom anymore, but, like, she still talks so nicely about him. It was, it was great.
2: Yeah, I can't think of who these who these magical in-laws are that I want to think of, but I'll, comment, I'll I'll it'll come around to me and I'll just jump on the Twitter and I'll just like scream it out in the middle of the night to somebody. <laughs> uh, but that's like I'm fascinated by that kind of stuff about just like I'm imagining just like like family christenings or whatever and just like two people who just like have no real like connection to each other and are, you know, what do they think of each other? Do they like talk about each other behind behind each other's backs like Definitely. As actual families do, I'm, you know it's fascinating. It's all very fascinating. What else? What else about Pan, you guys? We're sort of coming into. We've been we've been at this for a while, but is there anything else? I want to sort of go through my notes, but you guys chatted. I up.
1: honestly don't think it wouldn't be the craziest thing for this to have gotten a craft nomination for something. Yeah, for like costume design or Production set design. design or makeup. Yeah,
3: not visual effects. <laughs>
1: No, not visual effects. Not original song for Lily Allen.
3: If it was, was even it? eligible, which we have yet. If to it was even yeah. eligible,
1: right? <laughs> which also—that's another project
2: like, that our our listeners can jump into if you want to. Um, was I'm sure the list is
1: out there. Like I even looked to see if this made like the Bake Off visual effects list, and it did not. Um, it. Yeah. I mean, those song lists are always huge, and this is a notoriously horrible uh, song oh, lineup. Yeah. We,
3: yeah, the, this and was this uh, the year that Hasting was just two? for Captain Phillips? No, this is the year that it would that Sam Smith won.
2: Oh, we've talked about this one before. Yeah, yeah notorious. And it's five songs yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. and all of them are terrible, including yep. the Lady Gaga one that like everyone got really into because of her which still
2: should have won, even though it was well, like, like but everyone, it was,
3: everyone kind of thinks she did. <laughs> when every
2: when everything is bad, then you throw out issues of quality and you give Diane Warren an Oscar. That is no, what I'm saying. No, Diane Warren not having an Oscar is
3: the like the fundamental crime.
2: And ultimately, I'm just gonna, it's just going to keep me watching. It's going to keep me powered through the rest of my life is just, like, making sure that I will be there when <laughs> Diane Warren the Oscar. I'm
1: telling you, if Diane Warren was one of the songwriters on the song from Wild Rose, that would be an Oscar right there. It's true. Although, no, but it's-
3: it wouldn't, because she's cursed. She's cursed. She doesn't win, yeah, maybe that's
2: uh-huh. that's gonna mean a win win <laughs> that's true. I would like that's to true. see Mary Steen version become a two time Oscar winner with the second one being a best song, Oscar that seems very cool. That I did write wild. in my notes at one point the one like story beat that really annoyed me on like a this doesn't make any sense level is when Tiger Lily and her tribe um uncover Peter and sort of find his necklace and they say you're the pan, and then they explain what the pan is. And then the next task is, Peter has to figure out how to fly in, like, two days, or else they kill him. And it's just like, so he has to prove that he's the thing that they just told him that he is. Like, I don't quite... Like,
3: they say that something where it's like, she's like, you could have stolen that necklace. But yeah, it's it likes but like so he's, many things. It's not of the like things. he jumped
2: in and was just like, I'm your leader. I'm the pan or whatever. Yeah. Like, he just wants trying to like <laughs> sneak up to you. They're the mom. ones who are just like, you're our chosen one. Now prove you're our chosen one. And it's just like, that's. <laughs>
3: what the fuck? Yeah, it's like so many of the things in this movie. It's like, this thing is going to happen now. And you're like, why? He's like, ah, it has to And it was to. just,
2: yeah, it just felt like now our next task. And it's just like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, also, trampoline. I, at one point, I just have trampoline fighting on my neck. I did, like the, I did like the trampoline fighting. That, that was one of the things where it's just like, oh, yeah, kids are going to fucking love this. because like, And parents are going to be like, this kid's going to make me buy a fucking trampoline now. Um,
1: <laughs> this was also when movies were still like regularly in 3D and like programmed in 3D. And mm. I can't imagine watching this in 3D. That sounds like <laughs> a horror show. Yeah, yeah it feels pretty barf- Like I thought 30. about that during the trampolines.
2: I was like, this would be so How funny. do we feel about Cara Delevingne as mermaids? I like,
3: I like <laughs> as Cara as Delevingne as, like... the cinematic as, masterpiece like, mermaids. I like her as, like, mean mermaids. Like, she has this good glare. She doesn't say anything. I don't know. It seemed like a good... It's all in the me. eyebrows
2: with her, right? Like, yeah, she exactly. She can really get away with a lot with those eyebrows.
3: Yeah, she's just looking at you being like, are you going to waste my fucking time by saving your life? And it's like, that seems right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when she plays herself in the film version of the, elevator, the elevator from the Met Gala... <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for
2: knowing exactly where I was going with that. I know. Who else yeah, was there? It was what? It was Reese. It was Kara. It was. Was
3: Taylor Swift there?
2: I don't know if she was in that elevator. All right, now we're taking another timeout. Yeah. Like this, I'll be able to find really quickly. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon, Kara DeLavigne.
3: It's like some other model. It's like a Hadid or like somebody, but I don't know. It care is about. that,
2: but it's also. Um, there's another. Actress Cara Delevingne, Met Ball Elevator Video.
0: I love like you, Cara. Cara. I love <laughs> you. I'm <It's laughs> going uh, right to wait for a second. about Where are oh. we? The important thing about being a
3: name for a girl yes. is that a man can whisper it in his pillow. Uh, so girl. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Zoe Deschanel's
2: there. <laughs> yes, that's who it was. It was Zoe Deschanel.
3: <laughs> and Kate yep. Upton. Kate Upton's the model I of on yep. who I don't care about.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Delevingne. Yeah. It's it's Kate Upton, Zoe Deschanel, Reese Witherspoon, Cara Delevingne. Like that's your new um, Fantastic Four. Is those four? Right there? <laughs> I don't care which don't one know. of them's Reed Richards. It's just it's that's that's who it is. It's your Charlie's Angels plus one. It's Charlie's Angels and Bosley. That's what we're talking about. It is. I don't know. Make them be. Make them. That's that's Ocean's Four. It's something. I don't know. It's something. Make it happen, Hollywood. I need it.
3: It's so weird that like there's not a proper clip of this on the internet anymore.
2: I know that we have to watch it through like the lens of this Good Morning America report.
3: What's well, like this in yeah, her arrest? At. You know, like uh, yeah. do you know who I, I'm? An American.
2: I'm an American. <laughs> <laughs> I love Reese Witherspoon so much you guys we don't we do not do enough for her I gotta start watching the morning show <laughs> now enough people have talked about we've gotten through the initial like the morning show is bad and then everybody's like but I'm still watching the morning show and I'm just like yeah it's not bad you just want you just feel guilty about enjoying it and it's that's where I come in that's where I come in and start watching the show so <laughs> get ready <laughs> Apple time Plus to shine. get ready Apple Plus you're getting my five dollars um Anything else you guys want to add about Pan before we jump into the IMDb game? <sighs> Sorry, to this, so.
3: Sorry,
2: to, Sorry this to this Pan. I
3: don't think so. Sorry to this Pan. Every time
2: you say I mean, that, Chris, you, it makes me laugh.
3: Are, do either of you agree with me that maybe it didn't deserve the thrashing that it got, or is it justly uh, forgotten? I mean, it, it it should be forgotten, let's be clear, but I, I do think everyone yeah, was yeah, harder yeah. on it than it deserved. I I think, I, mean, I think people
2: were over the top about it, and I and they were over the top about it in... Yeah, it, it feels like there should be a little bit of respect for the kind of filmmaker Joe Wright is and what he was going for with that. And that even if it didn't turn out, you know, sometimes it's a big, colorful
3: swing. Yeah, yeah I think Yeah, I that's mean, right. I would agree with that. And right. if, if people are intrigued by the style and didn't quite like it and want to see the better version, watch Anna Karenina.
2: True. Watch Anna Karenina yeah. twice. That is the lesson to take away from Pan. Watch Anna Karenina. Totally. All right. Chris. Would you like to tell our fair listeners what the IMDb game is and how we play it?
1: Absolutely. Every week we end our episodes with the IMDb game where we challenge each other with an actor or actress to try to guess the top four titles that IMDb says they are most known for. If any of those titles are television or voiceover work, we mention that up front. If after two wrong guesses, we get the remaining titles release years as a clue. If that's not enough, it just becomes a
2: free-for-all of hints. Indeed, it does, Katie. As our guest, would you like to? Well, wait first. We're gonna we're figure out the round robin. So, yeah. Chris, how do we do? How do we want to do this round robin? You decide that.
1: Uh, uh blah, 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 blah. I, uh, How about I give to Katie? Katie gives to you. You give to me.
2: Okay. Uh, okay. and then Katie, you are gonna get the choice of going first, or giving first, guessing first, or observing first.
3: I'm gonna give first.
2: All right, so you give to me.
3: Okay. Uh, Okay. I am going to give to you, without explaining why, Justin Timberlake. (gasps)
1: Okay. Fantastic.
2: None of it's television?
3: No, but there is a voice.
2: There is a voice. Is it Trolls?
3: It's Trolls.
0: (laughs) Richard Lawson's Trolls.
2: (laughs) Richard Lawson's Trolls. Thank you, Richard, for making Trolls.
3: Also, source of a song that is uh, good. Thank you very much. And maybe should have won...
2: Wait, what did that beat? Uh, it
3: got beat? It got beaten by something that was actually good. I can't remember what it was. Okay. Was that the Glory? Year? That was a yeah,
2: really good. I think it was the Glory. Um, year, right? Yeah, Glory should have beat it. That's fine. Yeah. Um, no, I think my thing with that song was it should have been Song of the Summer. Everybody was like, it's got to be something else, and I'm like, did it have to be something else or was it this song that everybody heard every day of that summer? It was that song. Um, all right, so three other. Oh wait, no, sorry.
3: It got it got beaten by City of Stars from La La Land. So yeah, should have yes, won.
2: Yes, 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 yes. Well, Actually
3: no, how far I'll go for La the, well, yes, La
2: La the other one. The other well or the other or the other La La Land song. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um three other Justin Timberlake films all film <laughs> acting.
3: Our finest actor Justin Our Timberlake. finest actor <laughs> Justin Timberlake.
2: <laughs> um another kind of person I think that when there is hatred for him, it goes over the top. But, like, that's a whole other conversation.
3: Yeah. But then he also, like, sometimes you're like, all right, I get it. Like, he's
2: also like, Justin Timberlake is forever going to be fine. But, like,
3: yes. I think sometimes,
2: I don't know, this is the conversation I should not get into because I'll get in trouble. Um, <laughs> this is the conversation I'll get canceled for. And I don't want to get canceled <laughs> quite yet. I need to be here for Diane Warren. Um, <laughs> social network. Yes. Okay um The one with Mila Kunis that isn't the one with Natalie Portman, um,
3: <laughs> the, the question which is I called you mean
2: Friends with Benefits. Yes, Friends with Benefits. The other one is called No Strings Attached. No strings attached. No. attached. Thank you. Yes, yeah, Friends with Benefits. Is it Friends with Benefits?
3: No, it is not.
2: All right, one strike.
3: It's certainly, what I would have guessed as well. <laughs>
2: Um Justin Timberlake. I feel like I all I'm picturing now is just like a series of films with him wearing hoodies. And <laughs> I don't
0: right? know what any of those movies are.
2: I feel like there was a scene in the social network where he's wearing a hoodie, and it's just like that's all I can think of now. Um shoot. I don't want to guess the one where Ben Affleck is in it, but like that's all I can think of now. Oh that my god, sucks. there
1: is fully a movie that we could do on this podcast that is not the answer, but...
2: Oh, that's interesting. I forgot that he was in this movie. All right, I'm just going to guess Runner Runner and then you can give me years.
3: No, also a good guess, yeah. um, because there one of them is maybe on that level. So the years are... Let me God, his IMDb is kind of crazy. The uh, years are... Oh, wait, 20- actually, can you...
2: Before you give me years, um, yes. Devin is locked out of the apartment and I need to unlock it. <laughs> one second.
3: <laughs> wait. Wild Joe is off mic. Which one did you forget about, Chris?
1: The Trouble with the Curve.
3: Oh, right! He's in that movie. Did you see that movie? Yeah.
1: Some- I've seen that movie, and it's not good.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. My continual <laughs> process she- of avoiding most Clint, most Clint Eastwood is... Uh, I realized recently that the last Clint Eastwood movie I like saw in a theater and actually paid attention to was Jay Edgar. <laughs> Wow.
1: <laughs> I can't imagine being locked in a theater to see that movie. Room. No, I was just saying like you would feel locked if you were seeing <laughs> it,
2: <laughs> you All right. Know. Um we'll pick it up where you're giving me the years first.
3: Okay. Okay, your years are twenty eleven and twenty thirteen.
2: Twenty eleven and twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen is it inside Lewin Davis?
3: Yes. Okay. And Correct. Have you figured out why I didn't want to tell you why I chose Justin Timberlake yet?
2: Oh, because of uh, 2013? Because of uh, Garrett Hedlund?
3: Because Garrett Hedlund is in Inside Lewin Davis. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) In a silent and excellent role. (laughs)
2: Okay. <laughs> you know what there's a lot about Inside Llewyn Davis that is excellent and also can we talk about in this year of maybe hopefully Adam Driver winning a, a Oscar for Best Actor he's Uh-oh. so oh, funny yeah. in Inside f- Llewyn
3: Davis the fact that there's a scene of him and Oscar Isaac singing about going into space and Justin Timberlake is there and then they went into Star Wars movies it's so weird <laughs> everything about it's weird
2: okay Justin Timberlake in 2011 hmm so this is right after social network
3: yes so right right as we're trying to make him a thing
2: right so is he maybe it's a lead maybe it's an ill-advised justin timberlake in the lead of something huh
1: i might need a clue Katie, is this the reason why you chose Justin Timberlake?
3: Uh, this no, movie? The reason no, it was that, Garrett Headland. Yes, but uh, I Garrett have Headland. realized that there is another connection to the cast of Pan in this movie. Yes. Oh, which okay. Which I had definitely forgotten about.
2: Well, he's in Social Network with Rooney Mara, which is another connection to the cast of Pan.
3: That's true, man. That's Justin,
2: wild. Justin, <laughs> truly, Did Justin Timberlake Pan. produce Pan? Wait a second. <laughs>
1: I have to pull up Trolls to be like, who in Pan is associated to this movie? I mean, maybe. But maybe the true connection is that Richard Lawson is actually in Pan. <laughs> Richard,
2: <laughs> Richard Lawson's, Lawson's Pan. Um, uh, I can give right, you so another clue, too. Is it Jackman? Is it that he's connected to Jackman?
3: Wait, what? No, it's not is... Jackman.
2: Okay. <laughs> the and it's not cast of trolls is fully Girl insane. with the Dragon Tattoo.
3: No, so that's that would be amazing. 2011 too. movie. Uh, um, there's also as a, n- a different person in this movie who is in another Garrett Hedlund movie that we have discussed in this episode.
2: Whoa. Uh-huh. There's a lot happening. Okay, <laughs>
3: that might be too vague. It, and it's
2: not is, Runner Runner with Ben Affleck, who is, is in triple front character with Garrett is, Hedlund.
3: It is. It would be. It would sit well at a red box double feature with Runner Runner. I think.
2: Oh, yeah. interesting. It's also it is a writer-director
1: who is known for this genre that this movie is. Well, that's not helpful. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah, it's a, genre, it's a, a b- genre movie from a director who has made better movies in the genre.
1: Exactly. Hmm. That have perhaps an art direction nomination.
3: <laughs> Only on this podcast would that be a clue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think that's that movie's
2: one nomination. I think it only had Wait, okay, so not Hugh Jackman.
3: Not Hugh Jackman.
2: Not Garrett Hedlund. No. Not Rooney.
3: You're running out.
2: I am running out. Car We oh. basically
1: talked about this performer to the extent that you could with paint.
2: Right, right. Okay, so it's Amanda. Oh, it's 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 um Oh, that is. Is that Andrew Nickel? That's um Yes. Yes. And it was called um, it was called In Time. Yes!
3: yes. Wow, that's
2: a piece of shit movie. That's a <laughs> right? really bad movie. What a piece of shit movie! It
3: had an original weird ass title that I'm trying to remember what it was. Like it had oh. like a number in it or something. Like, uh, <sighs> I'm trying to. Who else is there?
2: Another maybe. woman in that? It. It's 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 Amanda Seyfried and someone. Olivia Wilde. Yeah. Olivia, Olivia Wilde. Wilde. Wow, everything's the, coming around. I was trying
3: to give you. Yeah. With, like, the same hair. she. Oh, oh I'm Dot title. Mortal.
1: Yeah, it's not, I'm Dot Mortal. <laughs> I'm Not Mortal?
3: No, I'm, no,
1: I'm dot, dot Mortal. mortal. Like, like, it's Immortal. Oh, But the word God. I'm with no. the dot. No,
2: no, sir. no, sir. No, yeah. sir, no, ma'am.
3: You thought In Time was a bad title.
2: <laughs> Andrew Nichols' career is genuinely one of the more puzzling things Ever, where it's like, he does Gattaca, he writes the screenplay for the Truman Show, and everything's looking up. Awesome. And then he does Simone, Sim-1, and it's a <laughs> disaster. And then, like, he na- you keep expecting, like, oh, this is going to be the Andrew Nichol, like, comeback. And it's just, like, Lord of War, and... The host. Oh and... my god, the host. Did
3: you guys see the <laughs> Not host? the Bong
1: Joon Ho, the host. Yeah. No, the He's, Sir Ronan, the, the host.
3: The like Stephanie yeah, Meyer, follow the up to Twilight. Oh my god.
2: The the, the odd <laughs> case where when you say the Sir Ronan one, it's a bad thing. Like that's... Is
3: it? That has to be the worst movie Sir Ronan's ever made, right?
2: Yes. Oh yeah. I can't think yeah, of
3: I can't think of it. Also, one of, the, one of the himbos
2: is in that movie. um
3: Oh yeah, um Max Irons.
2: No, but Uh-oh. one of the ones we did the game on. It's oh. Um, shit.
3: Oh, I'm looking at. I got oh. Boyd Holbrook. Boyd Uh-oh. Holbrook is in that movie.
2: Yeah, my boy.
1: I'm boy. looking at Saoirse Ronan's IMDb to try to see if she was in a worse movie, and I don't know if she was. Ryan
3: Gosling's movie doesn't get a great reputation, but I've never seen it. Uh,
1: I've seen it, but I also oh the one he directed this movie. Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh.
2: it's it's terrible. She's not great in the seagull. I will say, seagull's bad. But like, but Lizzie it's... Moss is so great in the seagull that like, I feel like right. it comes around. She wears weird hats and smokes. She plays ballerina in Muppets Most Wanted. I I was gonna say she's. I mean, I Lovely Bones is no good, like, but the host is worse. Okay, I've never seen the host, but I will take your word for it. Lovely Bones, the Lovely <laughs> Bones. No Bones when we end up doing our Patreon of, um, exceptions, of exceptions movies. The yeah. Lovely Bones has got to be in the first month. Like yeah. it's, it's. Oh God! I'm oh. dying to get my hands on it.
3: Oh, and I meant to say when we were talking about Hugh Jackman that in, in exceptions I'm lobbying for Australia, which is the movie I'm dying to talk <laughs> yes. about. Oh, the, yeah,
1: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, you'll have yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah. You'll have to do uh, whatever our our equivalent of coming to Big Nice is um, to talk <laughs> about
3: Australia.
2: <laughs> what is City of Ember, you guys?
3: Oh, it was some like. Oh, is it made by the oh, guy please. who made like nine the not that nine but the other the, nine? The animated nine?
2: Yeah. Oh. For oh. generations, the right. people of the city of Ember <laughs> <laughs> have flourished in an amazing world of glittering lights. But Ember's once powerful generator is feeling oh no, and the great lamps that illuminate the city are starting to flicker is the is the log line for City of Ember, you guys.
1: There's premiere photos with Bill
2: Murray wearing a hard hat with a light on it. <laughs> oh boy. It's <laughs> cast though, Sir Ronan. I know. Mary Toby Kay Jones. plays Tim Robbins, Harry Treadaway, Toby Jones.
1: I Mary think we and need John to pivot Betches. to this being a City of Ember podcast,
3: <laughs> yes. so we could let's do ten episodes it. on City of Ember. I think I saw City of Ember. This is like right in the period where I started reviewing movies and like saw a whole bunch of garbage. Um, City of Ember, an
2: AARP Movies for Grownups Awards nominee for Bill Murray for Best <laughs> Supporting Actor. Shut <Action>. up!
1: <laughs> wow. I to see who he's nominated against.
2: Wow. And a Golden Satellite Award nominee for Ruth Myers for Best Costume Design.
0: Wow. Oh my God.
2: All right, we can we'd be t- we'll be talking about City of Ember all day. <laughs> yeah, some of this might have We can. Right, get lost in the edit. We have the rest of the IMDB game to play. Chris. I know. Okay. I will be giving to you. By the way, Katie, that cool. was fantastic. Justin Timberlake, that was I'm a great. I'm so idea. glad that some this Yes, Well done. Did. All right. So, Chris, I have decided to give you How did we end up? Oh, right. So, um we do get the character of Smee and Pan who I thought was a little bit frustrating. Uh, Smee in Hook, of course, is played by the wonderful Bob Hoskins. (gasps) So I'm going to give you Bob Hoskins.
1: Uh, Roger Rabbit.
2: Roger Rabbit is one of them. Hook. Hook is not one of them. Strike one.
1: Okay, Mona Lisa. Mona
2: Lisa, his only Oscar nomination, yes. That was directed by Neil Jordan? Who directed uh, Mona Lisa? Hold I in.
1: believe so. Yes, Neil Jordan. M- uh, Mario Brothers.
2: Super Mario Brothers is correct. Yes, you have three of four and only one strike. <laughs> um, Your next one is going to be tough. We talked
1: about him in... um. Uh, if it's tough, it's not going to be Mrs.
2: Henderson Presents. Nope. I will say the fourth one here... I've never heard of?
3: Yeah, I...
2: Oh, I great. feel
3: on this one.
1: So I'm not gonna get this.
2: Probably not, unless you've heard of it's it. It's okay. I will say his um, co-star um, is a very famous British actress who has won an Academy Award for Best Actress.
3: And the poster for this movie is bonkers.
2: Yeah, posters, lots uh, going
3: on there. All right,
2: um... An actress who won for supporting it. It's a very actress. 70s poster, even though actress. the year is... I'll just give you the year. The year is 1980. Oh, wow. Yeah, it looks like um, a Dolomite so movie,
3: but is, yeah, the poster but it's, makes it very oh, clear wow. it is not set in the United States.
2: <laughs> yes. Okay. I can almost picture, or I can almost hear what his voice must sound like in this movie.
1: <laughs> it must be a British movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like a British crime movie. Yeah.
3: I would, I mean... That we
1: don't know what it is. Right. It's real bullshit that it's not mermaids. That's it's super
2: that. bullshit <laughs> that it's not mermaids. That's kind of why I brought this up. Because like it's super bullshit that it's not mermaids. And just because you said mermaids, um, I want to like give this to you. Um so was your
1: Was your through line Cara Delevingne as mermaids,
2: <laughs> then to the movie Mermaids. <laughs> that would have been a good through line. Okay, so the first three words of this title. Um Are the same as the first three words of a Altman film title. Okay. That's not going to help you. That's
3: a really Um, hard
2: clue. It's a hard clue. (laughs) The
3: same three words as an Altman movie uh, based on a bunch of famous detective novels.
2: Yeah. That Inherent Vice was basically... A remake of. A remake of
1: right so it's not the long goodbye but the long
2: hello or the long good hello and it's okay so then take that third word now we're
3: fully doing oh uh,
1: i know this by title only uh, the long good friday wow. yes the long good friday i've
2: never heard of this movie
3: me neither
1: and now i have some conception of what it is it is a movie with bob hoskins in london
3: you need to now look up the poster
2: yeah, you should look up the poster. The I guarantee you at making. some point Bob Hoskins in this movie goes, Hello, love!
3: <laughs> the face looks like I mean, it's what Guy Ritchie's obligated. career is born
2: from. Yes, it does! It oh, looks Jesus. like Guy Ritchie was born underneath <laughs> that poster. Like,
3: <laughs> underneath he, the why tower is he bridge side-eyeing
1: in this poster? He's... It's like he is side eyeing somebody in that poster. You know when you like mutter under your breath, like "What the fuck?" That is the face. That
3: also he zoom yeah. in to see Helen Mirren in the lower right corner with. Like I know, a Jesus head of hair. Christ,
2: that's true. Helen Mirren with like Virginia Madsen hair. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Wow, amazing. Good for Bob Hoskins. Okay, well done, Chris, on doing as well as you could have possibly done <laughs> on that one. <laughs> All right, and now you will right, give so- to Katie.
1: Katie, I was going back into Peter Pan lore, except I didn't go that far because I did the staged, uh, or the televised musical version of the Peter Pan musical, which we've already established is terrible, and the live television was about as bad as it can possibly get. I did the Captain Hook of that monstrosity Christopher Walken Whoa. oh
3: wow remember I really that? to remember who the Captain Hook of that was I was really I was afraid talking... you were going to give me Mary Martin for a second
2: <laughs> I was talking to somebody about all the different live musicals that have been since the Sound of Music one that they did I'm
3: pretty sure it was you and I
2: yeah and I or, could I, and I fully didn't bring this one up at all because my mind had purged itself
3: oh I remember that
1: one I remember it, well. it was like the second one in this whole trend Sound too, of Music was first this... and then yeah. this one and I, I was like, why are they doing that? Because the musical is so bad.
3: We agree the best one was However, there's no television. Right? Are we all in agreement on
1: Hairspray. that? Hairspray. Notoriously, everyone on the Hairspray poster
0: has
1: <laughs> well, Hairspray. that was
3: an unintentional guess for Christopher Walken. I'm so glad that worked out.
0: Oh, okay.
3: Well, <laughs> I think yes. I would have gotten there eventually because it has come up so many times in this game.
2: Oh, you were just mentioning the Hairspray that, musical?
3: As the, as the best live TV musical.
2: Yeah, oh, I well, do not yeah, think so that, was so best, oh, oh, that was the
3: best that was best Christopher Walken movie,
2: but I think The Wiz was the best live TV musical. But like Hairspray, oh
3: like yeah, that. that one's really good. Okay, Chris yeah, Walken, yeah. let me focus. Uh, Pulp Fiction, no, whoa, oh god, um, Catch Me If You Can, yes, okay, now I really feel like I'm just going back to that Spike Jones video of him dancing, <laughs> telling, which I don't think is going to be an option. Uh I'm going to start running out of room soon, so click.
1: No. Okay. All right. So you're getting your years. You're getting 1978 and 2012.
3: Oh, no. What was Christopher Walken in 1978?
1: Oh, you're not going to be happy about
3: this. Oh, it's going to be something I should know, but don't. Oh, he's a Deer Hunter?
1: It is the Deer yeah. Hunter. Okay. All right.
3: I knew you were going to
2: get that. I was, I was like, okay, yeah. where
3: did he start from? Okay, 2012 Christopher Walken. Uh We've been going through all these Oscar years. I'm just gonna have them stuck in my head. Uh, he's not in Argo. Seems like something he could have been in. Was he in Argo? He,
1: he was not in Argo. Okay. He was in four movies in 2012, oh. including something called Life's a Beach.
3: <laughs> 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 and, that, and that's the one, right? Life's a Beach.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Life's a Beach.
3: Uh, I think I need a no, hint about not. the 2012 movie.
1: Okay, so this is a from a writer director who was uh, recently half nominated for what was considered a best picture frontrunner that was uh, very very contentious.
3: Oh, oh, uh, wait, half nominated? Oh, it's, it's a Peter Farrelly movie.
1: He's a no. He's a he was not nominated for director.
3: Oh, is it Adam McKay? Oh, wait, is Adam McKay?
2: No, no. Um, I will say, Christopher Walken also starred in one of this guy's plays on Broadway.
3: <laughs> oh, it's Martin McDonough. Um, yes. What did Martin McDonough... Is it, um... Shit, Seven Psychopaths?
1: Seven Psychopaths. My God, this has
3: come up on this game before, hasn't it?
1: Uh, for, I believe we
2: had Sam Rockwell.
3: I remember you guys, like, all of a sudden that movie coming up out of the ether, which I think is the only reason I managed to pull it out.
2: Yeah, there's a chance we've done yeah. Christopher Walken before. But honestly... I've...
3: You no, being... I went back through. We oh, yeah? haven't done him. Wow, so yeah. I have never seen Seven Psychopaths.
2: It's not Unless great. we
1: did him on one of these, like, two episodes that we
2: forgot. I for forgot as much as I had loved In Bruges and came into Seven Psychopaths very excited, I really did not care for Seven Psychopaths. <laughs> Why does that movie have
3: this IMDb game staying <laughs>
1: I don't know. Is it, like, on... Because I, I always am like, that movie must be on TNT. Is this movie on, like, FX all the time?
3: Yeah, probably. Maybe. But yeah, uh, uh,
2: Martin McDonough had, be, had written um, a Behanding in Spokane, and then on Broadway that was Christopher Walken, and Sam Rockwell, and Anthony Mackie, and Zoe Kazan. And so right. at least Walken and Rockwell are in Seven Psychopaths, which happened like the next year or two years later.
3: I'm looking Crazy. at Christopher Walken's IMDb now. He's been on a weird run the last couple of years. He's yeah, not done much. But God, he's everybody. Been alive.
2: Everybody's in Seven Psychopaths.
3: And yeah, well, Cornish got to be thing. in that
2: before she fucked her voice up so weirdly in Three Billboards, so that all of a sudden we couldn't know where she was from. Oh,
3: that <laughs> <is wild. laughs> remember was that accent? Like, oh, oh. If, I mean, I don't know. I'm not here to relitigate the Three Billboard Wars, but uh, <laughs> she was a major problem with that movie.
2: I just felt bad for her mostly, because it's yeah, just like, she clearly just she was given there. the direction of just like, you are from... County Killarney on the moon, and she's just like, <laughs> got it. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't all right, think I that was a Eddie good. Carlson
3: was also in that.
2: Yeah, yeah. McDonough mm-hmm. tends to work with people multiple times, which like speaks well of him. Like I know everybody yeah. had signed this pact that nobody can say anything nice about Martin McDonough after. Well, that but now Oscar he's standing Phoebe
3: Waller Bridge, and we all just kind of he was
2: to then too. That's it. the thing. oh it was Wait, uh... oh
3: during during uh, three awards. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. All right. On that note, on the Martin McDonough note that we can all <laughs> leave happy on, uh, that is our episode. Katie Rich, thank you so much for oh, being guys. with us this week. I hope we, the fact we, we'll that this episode went on forever
3: uh, indicates that uh, this was fun, fun this was a as fun as it was one. for me. This is a
2: very good one. Um, thank you for being game for all of our foolishness, and uh, we will have you back Anytime. Um if uh, you guys listening want more this had Oscar Buzz, you can check out the Tumblr at this had dot com. You should also follow our Twitter account at had underscore Oscar underscore buzz.
1: And send in your mailbag questions to ha- um our Twitter account and also to had Oscarbuzz at gmail dot com.
2: You should do that. Katie Rich, where can the listeners find you and your your writing, your musings, anything you want to direct them towards.
3: Uh, well, um, I've been I'm at anyfair.com, not writing as much as editing, but if you want to hear me, you can listen to the Little Gold Men podcast over there, where we talk about the Oscar race all the time, and then bring in Joe to talk about the uh, both of this head Oscar buzziness of it all, and then make uh, predictions for the next years ahead, so you can go listen to us uh, make predictions about what we thought were going to win Best Picture, which I don't know if they've all become stupid in retrospect yet, but... They will be in time. I
2: think every year we get incrementally better at that. Like, I (laughs) I do feel like we don't, we're not at the point where like we're great at it yet. But like, I think, I'm thinking of some of the stuff we talked about this year and like it's not all been thrown out into the trash yet. So, like, I know we talked about, I talked about, um, it's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I yeah. know, I like, I said, it's probably going to be the Irishman just to spite me. And look at what happened. It's probably going to be the Irishman just to spite me. So who was right? This guy. You saw um, it coming.
3: Uh, I predicted It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood to win Best Picture. So yeah, there we go. Well, and yeah, you predicted the Irishman.
2: Yes. And yeah. And I think Richard had Little Women, which mm-hmm. God willing, will be had, there. And
3: Joanna had Knives Out, which... That's not, which, not if it yet. doesn't
2: end up nominated, it's still going to be one of the best movies of the year. So I feel yeah, like Joanna's a winner as well. We there did a very. Go. It'll shown. be at the Globes. It will be nominated uh, at the Globes. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Let's
3: uh, so yeah, you can listen to that podcast. I'm also on the Fighting in the War Room podcast, which uh, is a b- real big veteran of podcast world at this point. Um, yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Katie Rich. K a t e y r i c h.
2: Follow her on Twitter if you don't already. Uh, one, of the better, one of the better Twitter follows, because she won't make you mad. She'll only enhance. She will not detract, which is better than I can say for me. <laughs> and then you can so, watch me
3: and Joe talk about dumb stuff on Twitter, too. Yes.
2: Wouldn't you yeah. want to do that? Uh, Chris, where can the <laughs> listeners find you and your stuff?
1: I am on Twitter at crispy File, that's F E I L, and also on Letterboxd under the same name, and I write regularly for the film experience.
2: Yes, you do. I am on Twitter at Joe Reed, Reed is spelled R E I D. I'm also on Letterboxd as Joe Reed, Reed is spelled the exact same way. You can watch me furiously try to catch up with all of my year end watching to make sure that I've watched everything and be ready for all this year end award stuff, which is basically here upon us. So, like, holy shit, I have so much that I still need to watch. Um, it'll be fun. We would like to thank Kyle Cummings for his fantastic artwork and Dave Gonzalez and Gavin Mevious for their technical guidance. Please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. A five star review in particular really helps us out with visibility on Apple Podcasts. So put off today's fairy dust beauty treatment and write something nice about us, won't you? That is all for this week, but we hope we'll be back next week for more buzz.